Talk Live. It's your show, and you can bring up whatever you want. Just dial toll-free, 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, 800-259-9231. Tonight, it's Ian with you. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. The features on the site are totally free, so enjoy those on us. Again, freetalklive.com. Mark, you're going to start things out here tonight. It looks like the... um, the universe of the tobacco smoker is about to get even more difficult. Uh, it was as though it weren't bad enough what happened earlier this year when the federal government decided to lay down tremendous new taxes on uh, various different forms of tobacco. Cigars, your, chewing tobacco, roll your own. All of them. And, cigarettes right. and everything. I love the fact that Obama said that there weren't going to be any new taxes on people that make less than $250,000 a year. And then one of the first thing he does out of the gate is go after roll your own cigarettes, for God's sake. I mean, <laughs> what lower income bracket do you need than people that roll their own cigarettes? Yeah, you, you make a good point. I'm just saying. You make you make a good point, but uh, I can see how he can slime out of that particular promise. I, he's a politician. He can slime out of anything. So uh, so the taxes went up dramatically. In read, fact, read my big old ears. No new taxes. They went up so much that you decided to quit smoking as a result. Of well, that. I didn't go. I didn't decide to quit smoking because of the amount that they went up, as much as I am. I, well, I'm morally opposed to paying taxes in general. However, I choose to do it because I made an agreement with my wife that I wasn't going to do that to my family, but mm-hmm. put them in danger by putting, you know, the the the, the breadwinner of the family and in, in possibly in, in jeopardy of going to jail. Um, and I'm I'm not going to give the federal government any extra money. It seems to me uh, unjust to sort of talk to my wife about trying to get her to uh you know us to stop paying income taxes and things like that when in fact I'm willingly paying taxes on cigars and that kind of thing. Do you understand? Yes. It, it totally makes sense. Um so but but the the politicians would say you're a success story. Uh the politicians would say that but this they is win part of the way though. The, the the idea is is they put the taxes on the cigars and the chewing tobacco and the roll your own and they're going to only use this to help crippled children and they really they, it is for child health care or something one of these child health care programs uh, that's the idea but we know that money's fungible and that the government doesn't have very uh, firm accounting methods that it uses for itself if it decides it needs more money it just raids social it. security right. um, if it, you know so the idea that you're giving money to this children's program is really just a, a feel good thing because uh, the money going there means that the federal government is putting uh, money that would have gone there into building bombs to blow up people halfway around the world i'm not willing to put my money towards blowing people up no i understand, so I understand they can that. say they win because i quit they can say right. they i win, they win because i smoke as much or more Every, they always win why because they use violence to get what they want so what are they doing now because they've dramatically increased the uh, the taxes on cigarettes which of course makes it more difficult for poor people to purchase them, which lowers their standard of living if they want to continue smoking as much as they're smoking. I can tell you I want to continue smoking. Right now I've been two months quit, <laughs> and I want nothing more to inhale smoke in my lungs. I've almost gone out of my yard, dried up weeds, and smoked them. I want to smoke so bad. So so would you accept a black market cigarette? I, or I a black market cigar? At this point, no, because um, the tobacco in the cigarette is going to get me addicted, and then what am I going to do <laughs> when I don't have any more black market cigarettes? Yes, I think that black market cigarettes are a fine idea. You're going to come banging on the dealer's door at 2 in the morning demanding your black market cigarettes and right. willing to give him fellatio. I'm not willing. Well, I don't think that's going to happen. 
Well, you're not that addicted then. Well, uh, I, I don't know. Apparently, I'm not. Um, <laughs> be darn addicted for that. Oh, well, if it's not fellatio, you'll be breaking into cars, you know, using a Slim Jim, popping door locks open, pulling out car stereos, and taking them to the uh, to the uh, the cigarette dealer. Because that's I what happens in the black market. I could just go to convenience store and buy a pack of cigarettes for seven dollars. I don't think yeah. I'm going to break into someone's car. Or blow okay, up true, today. true. We're not there quite yet. But if it, if if or maybe I should say when smoking is banned full on out. But then that will be a smoker's only a weed. option. I mean, you can grow it in your yard. It's not that difficult. Is it? I didn't know it was a weed. Well, you know, it'll grow. So, all right. So taxes dramatically increased. Regulations have been put down. And now there's more. Yep. This is from the examiner, or excuse me, examiner.com. I'm not usually one to go around bashing big government. I'm a bit too left-leaning for that. This is uh, apparently Sarah... Terribio. Sarah, it's a fir- there's a first time for everybody. Yeah, t- Sarah, you need, you need to learn a few things. I have to protest some recent government intervention, though. Once again, the U.S. government is attempting to mandate healthy habits, this time by banning okay. flav- flavored and clove cigarettes. It won't be the last time. No. Um, Sarah, where else do they have to go at this point? If they're gonna- Sarah, get, get ready for universal health care. Guess what's coming then? Sarah, All kinds of mandates. Sarah, just... Just pay pay attention to what's going on here, Sarah. The government doesn't do anything good without threatening and hurting people. Mm-hmm. I have to protest some of the recent government intervention, though. Once again, the U.S. government is attempting to mandate healthy habits by this time banning flavored and clove cigarettes. As of September the first, it won't be it won't be illegal to possess flavored cigarettes, but it will be illegal to sell them. As a result, clove <laughs> cigarettes, which have been imported from Indonesia and sold in the U.S. since 1968. Oh, gosh. And cigarette flavors like cherry and chocolate mocha are about to become a controlled substance. Ostensibly, this portion of the Family Smoking Prevention and Tobacco Control Act, which President Barack Obama signed into law on June the 22nd, will prevent yummy-sounding cigarettes like cherry and chocolate mocha from tempting young people into smoking. Right, because that's why kids start smoking, right? Is so they can have cherry cigarettes? I mean, come on. I, I, Look, I, uh, I remember when I was young... Um, Thankfully, I've never, I've never actually even puffed on a cigarette. I've, I've had a, I've had a hit of a, um, like Italian rolled joint where it had tobacco and uh, marijuana in it, and I was disgusted, Tui. disgusted by it. Yeah. Um, but I've never actually had a cigarette. But I was, uh, when I was growing up, there was this young man that uh, I was hanging out with during summer school, and he wanted to go and and smoke some cigarette butts. Behind, <laughs> behind one of the trees behind my parents' house uh, uh-huh. before the school bus would come to pick us up in the morning. So he, you know, scavenged some butts from the, uh, the I guess the little gravel area, not gravel area, but the kind of the, the what do you call that area between the street and the sidewalk where the water goes down? Gutter. The gutter. Thank you for that. Mm-hmm. Uh, the gutter. He would salvage things. We don't have gutters around here in Keene, New Hampshire. Anyway, he would salvage the. Um, the cigarette butts and, and smoke them. He didn't care about the the flavors. He didn't Apparently care didn't. if it was menthol or whatever the hell it was. And now is menthol also banned? No, I guess not. That's not a flavor. That's that's not the oh. that's not the right kind of flavor. Oh, I see. Hmm. Do you think uh, Philip Morris or whoever it is that's uh, the big lobbyist over there had something to say about that? Oh, I suspect. Um, I wonder why they're banning clove cigarettes. Do you think a lot of kids are craving a nice baked ham? I mean, what the hell is that about? I mean, I suppose I could see chocolate mocha or something like that, but baked ham? Come on, clove cigarettes? Okay, another question. Do you know if this includes the flavored tobacco? Because there was, for instance, a hookah bar that was just opened up here in uh, Keene, New Hampshire, where we do this program. There is a hookah bar here? 
it's private. Okay. Um, so it's, I guess maybe word of mouth is, is spreading, but you have to, because of the rules in New Hampshire about places that serve food and smoking and not being allowed to, to have smoking in places that serve food, they've made it so you have to buy a, a $20 a year membership in order to get into the hookah bar, as I understand it. And so in hookah bars, I don't know if this one has it because I haven't gone and paid the money to, to go there. But in most hookah bars, they do have the flavored tobacco uh, choices. Sure. So I presume that means they'll be banning flavored tobacco, but I, I'm just not, not being made clear. I, I don't know. I couldn't tell you. But uh, Sarah goes on here from examiner.com. In fact, this law, which passed handily in both houses of Congress, will have little impact on teen... So Republicans looking out for the small businessman there. Yep. A little, little impact on teen smoking and a great deal of impact on adults' freedom of choice, or perhaps I should say freedom of vice. Pay no attention to the cigarette company behind the curtain. The act, which was uh-huh. sponsored by Senator Richard Burr of North Carolina... Hmm, that's a big tobacco state. Championed by Senator Ted Kennedy of uh, Massachusetts. God rest his soul. Benefited <laughs> from an unusual ally, Philip Morris, the tobacco uh, giant who controls it. half of U.S. cigarette market share, had its tarry hands all over the passage of this legislation. Weren't Tari, they, excuse me. Were, now, is this a separate piece of legislation from the one that raised the taxes? I don't because know. Because they were behind that, too. No, it, w- it would have had to have been separate. Because they were also it was June behind the 22nd, that. and that one was uh, April 1st. I didn't so. know if there were different dates where different parts would get I implemented. I don't believe so. Uh, and, oh, and the, uh, the other part of that other bill was that the FDA is now in charge of uh, cigarettes. Mm. So that was one of the other major pushes, is that cigarettes have to be regulated by the FDA now. And Philip Morris has been behind it all the way. Some of the other companies tried to fight it, but <laughs> they lose. So do we. It's Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. It is your show, and you can bring up whatever you want. Just dial toll-free to 1-800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. Tell us what your plan is now that the federal government is going to be banning flavored cigarettes. Going to stock up and sell them on the black market? I don't know how much uh, how much more value you'll be able to get out of them uh, because they'll be prohibited, but prohibition does have certain consequences. 800-259-9231. Join us on our website, freetalklive.com. We have the Free Talk Live Facebook page. You can go to facebook.freetalklive.com, and you can become a fan. That's facebook.freetalklive.com. And if you're frustrated with the lack of freedom where you live, uh, and you're tired of the oppressive state intruding into your business and personal life? Well, if you knew that thousands of liberty-loving people were all moving to the same place and getting active, would you join them? You can. Join the Free State Project at freestateproject.org. That's freestateproject.org. Federal government banning flavored cigarettes. And the story doesn't get into the details, but I, I don't know if this is the case, but it would probably make sense that they'd also be banning any sort of flavored tobacco. And, of course, the excuse is the children. The children might start smoking because they can get cherry cigarettes. And tobacco tastes like mud. I'm sorry uh, if, if cherry-flavored mud isn't going to be any better than regular mud. If you've ever had, ever been tempted by one of these flavored wraps uh, for, your, for your joints or... Um, oh, yeah, the blunt wraps, the flavored blunt, blunt or wraps. Or one of the flavored cigars. I've, I've smoked the flavored cigars before. I don't know anything about the flavored blunt wraps, but I have seen them um, 
Don't look at me like I'm lying. You know? No, I'm not lying. I'm just before. thinking. I'm, pl- I'm just smiling because I'm thinking pleasantly of them. <laughs> well, they, the they smell wraps, very nice. The blunt wraps themselves, I don't know. I can't speak to those. They so don't I'll taste just speak, like anything. I'll to just me. speak to the uh, flavored cigars. They don't taste good. Yeah, they no. have a hint of the flavor that you're talking about. Yeah. But it doesn't make them taste good. It's just like right. you know, a, a mud with a, a cherry hint to it. I, yeah. You, people smoke tobacco because. They're addicted to it, by and large. Um, it and gives kids them, start because it's cool, not because it's cherry. Right. It gives them some kind of little. It gives them a little high to smoke the tobacco, a tiny little one that goes away, and you're not going to get it again. And it's a bad, bad habit to start because there, it's the most addictive substance on the planet, and doesn't provide you with anything except an early death. You've you've got a lot of old drunks. You don't have a lot of old smokers, but um. You know, I don't. I don't. This cherry flavor thing would attempt somebody to smoke. George I, Burns made it to a hundred. He did, but he did probably didn't inhale those cigars of his. Maybe if he did, very little of them. Cigar smokers usually have problems with throat cancer mm. or gum, uh, you know, Mouth lip cancer. cancer. Yeah. yeah, something like that. They don't have, and mm. it's not near the instances of lung cancer for cigarette smokers. Gotcha. Would uh, you know? Would it tempt somebody? I suppose I've been tempted to smoke a cherry flavored cigar once, and I'm like, blah. This thing doesn't taste good at all. <laughs> so I don't know. I mean, maybe, but yeah. I don't think that – I think that it really what it does is it just minimizes options for adults. That's what it does. More than anything else. So I don't know, again, what people are going to be willing to pay for a clove cigarette on the black market compared to what they are paying today, but it might be an entrepreneurial business opportunity for some of you out there. Now, it's the sales of these that will be banned. So technically, if you are a big clove fanatic – and within the next, I don't know, day or so, go out and buy every single clove in town. You could still smoke your cloves anywhere you want to. I mean, as long as smoking isn't banned wherever you're smoking. But you can smoke your cloves walking down the street, and you don't have to worry about a police officer sniffing you out and arresting you. So what they've, they've made illegal is the sale of these products. So does that mean that uh, they could maybe do – remember down in – I think it was – was it Florida – and again, I think it was Florida where they had this uh, this new rule that said that they, they're banning smoking in restaurants, or maybe it wasn't Florida. Anyway, some place had this rule where they were banning smoking in restaurants that sold more than 15% of their – not restaurants, but entities, business entities that sold more than 15% of their revenue in food. So the intention to target restaurants. That was Florida, yes. It was Florida. And I remember one of our callers had told us one of the brilliant ways around it that they had experienced at a Denny's. And what they were doing to allow smoking still in their restaurant was they took all of the uh, the the drink they took all of the uh, the prices for drinks off their menu, and then they wait a minute no they took prices for shoot how do they do it they took some of the prices off their menu and they basically would give you um, food for free yeah they took the price of the food off their menu and they would give you the food for free. If you bought a drink at like seven dollars a drink, yeah, the seven, the eight, uh, the eight dollar uh, cup of coffee, you can get a grand slam to go with it. Right, right. So they they kind of uh, used a loophole essentially to to get around that. I don't know if they're still doing business that way, but it was something that uh, it was a story we were told and it made sense. Could you also do that with uh, clove cigarettes? Could could I you know sell you a pencil for seven dollars and then throw in a pack of clove cigarettes as a, as a bonus, a freebie? I don't know. 
Yeah, I don't know what the feds would think about either. But perhaps you could uh, sell a, a small child's toy and throw in a pack of uh, <laughs> mocha cigarettes to go with them. Mmm, cherry mocha cigarettes to go with my little uh, fuzzy troll. You know, uh, I wonder if anybody wants uh, is any you know anybody uh, clove fanatics. There's at least a few of them here in in Keene, New Hampshire. That uh, would be interested in doing some sort of federal civil disobedience. What kind of uh, jail time are we looking at here? Any idea? Oh, I don't suspect they have. They're not even going to list anything like that. Yeah. I'm sure it's in there, but I, oh, they, yeah. they're not going to say that in the story. Um, the story does go on, though. It, at first blush, it seems strange that the company, and they're referring to Phyllis, Philip Morris here, would join forces with the likes of the Campaign for Tobacco Free Kids, which champions itself as an organization working to expose big tobacco's lies to achieve, <laughs> um, to achieve what Obama calls a victory for health care reform. Strange bedfellows indeed. Mm -hmm. A closer look, however, reveals that Philip Morris has nothing to lose with this legislation and everything to gain. First, a little background is in order. Here's the law in a nutshell. For the first time in history, the legislation puts the Food and Drug Administration in charge of... This is that same law. ...regulating cigarettes, but not the same one on cigars and chewing tobacco. I think it's the same. They probably just have different time periods in which the uh, the controls go into effect. That that doesn't appear to be the way for me, but it doesn't really make a difference. The legislation includes, it doesn't matter which law no, it, it was that got passed, it, it, it is a law that got passed. Yep. The legislation includes a number of restrictions on how cigarettes can be labeled, packaged, and promoted. It also restricts what oh, kinds boy. of ingredients can be used in the manufacture of cigarettes sold in the United States. Again, oh, my. the sales ban is supposed to keep kids from being lured into the world of nicotine addiction by fruit, candy, and chocolate flavors. Statistically, however, the flavor kids consider tastiest is straight-up tobacco. In the form of Marlboro brand cigarettes produced by Philip Morris. Is that right? Some 81% of established teen smokers consider Marlboro to be their ticket to flavor country, according to a February 12 article. Wow. The most popular flavor is mint in the form of menthol Menthol, cigarettes. Which is exempted. Philip produces a wide variety of menthol cigarettes as well. A recent survey by American Legacy Foundation turned up the following stats. Menthol cigarettes are preferred by 81% of black teens, 32% of (sighs) white teens, and 45% of Hispanic teens. It's okay. Uh, Yeah, you guys who think out there that you can just put the right people in charge of government and uh, because that's what what, didn't the liberals get in uh, power by saying things like they were going to help the little guy. You guys that believe that story. Here's your here's your perfect example of how it how it really works. It seems like they're trying to help people quit smoking or help kids stop get their hands on cigarettes. What they're really doing is helping uh, Philip Morris kill their competition. That's really all this is yep, about. It is. But what's new? 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. I want to know what the packaging restrictions are going to be. Now, the FDA's in charge. They said there's packaging restrictions in there. Are we going to start seeing the black lungs and things like that on the front of the cigarette packs? Are they going to hide the cigarette packs? It's free talk live. Hey, podcasters. FTL has a new advertiser with a somewhat unusual arrangement. They're paying us for people that... Fill out their online form for inspections for their basements. You won't believe how affordable a dry, usable basement can be, and FTL gets 50 bucks for everyone that fills out the online form at basement.freetalklive.com. 500 bucks off, a lifetime warranty, and a free water watch alarm. Just go to basement.freetalklive.com, click on Free Inspection and Estimate in the upper right-hand corner, fill out the online form, earn FTL 50 bucks. This is Free Talk Live. 
It's your show, and you can bring up whatever you want. Just dial toll-free, 1-800-259-9231. The SACL CAI toll-free line, 800-259-9231. Again, we will take your calls about what you want, starting the show out with the tobacco conversation as the Federal Drug Administration, Food and Drug Administration, those gangsters, they're now in charge of the world of tobacco. Philip Morris has uh, very very diligently lobbied for some new legislation that has helped this happen. We've been talking about it so far here this evening. Not only have taxes gone up dramatically on all tobacco products, they're also banning all flavored tobacco. In addition, packaging restrictions, new warnings are going to go into effect. And so uh, we've got more details coming up here in moments. Have you ever wished you didn't have to push the shopping cart all the way back to the store? Doesn't that stink, especially when it's like raining and you've gotten all the stuff loaded in the vehicle and you you feel bad for just shoving it off into the median or something like that. So you feel obligated to drag it all the way back to the store. Well, you won't have to do that if you have a tote sack and I've got two, and they stay in the trunk of the car so that we can, uh, you know, we can take them into the grocery store and and don't have to bring the uh, shopping cart back. Um, for the last month or so, my family's been doing that. They um, they are handles made of 100% recycled material and designed to simplify all kinds of carrying tasks. I know that uh, dairy farmers use them to make easier to carry buckets too. Just go to check check these things out. They are amazing little tools. It's totasac, T-O-T-A-S-A-K dot com. It's spelled totasac, and you can get, uh, excuse me, I, I did just spell it. <laughs> you can get a family pack today, totasac.com. They can carry more than you can, a lot more. All right, we continue here and just give you a little bit more information on what they're doing with cigarette companies at the behest of Philip Morris, essentially working very hard with the, the federal government, working very hard with Philip Morris to come up with new legislation that will help cripple the competition in the industry and allow Philip Morris to be the eh, close-to-monopoly provider of all things tobacco R.J. Reynolds is the other one. I thought R.J. Reynolds fought this legislation. But they're the other tobacco. Uh, oh, okay. Philip okay. Morris has 50% of the uh, marketplace. Right. R.J. R. Reynolds pretty much has the rest. And um, there are some some small competition, and basically these two guys, uh, the, the, at least one of them, is trying to kill the competition by mm-hmm. doing this. Uh, besides R.J. Reynolds, so it'll be illegal to sell flavored cigarettes. And according to Examiner.com, the new federal regulations requiring cig- cigarette packaging to include graphic and possibly gruesome images illustrating the dangers of smoking will go into effect sometime in the next three years. So it's happening here, just like we predicted. Uh, it was, wasn't hard to predict this, right? I mean, we saw the stories out of places like Australia and Canada, uh, other countries that had also done this same exact thing. And we know that bureaucrats love to borrow ideas from one another. They look around the world to see who's most successfully controlling people, and they uh, pick out those ideas. Ooh, we should do that here. And so somebody came up with the idea. I don't know how long ago this first happened, but somebody came up with the idea to put just absolutely disgusting, frightening photos of some of the things that can allegedly happen to those people that smoke cigarettes on the front of cigarette packaging. So that's what you see when you're looking at the displays of cigarettes. If you're in a country that allows you to actually see the display, unlike Canada, that actually hides all the cigarettes behind a uh, opaque white zone. Like you can't possibly even see what the brands are because, well, you know, the kids might see them and get influenced. So they're, uh, they are apparently also going to be doing the uh, the graphic packaging and who knows what new huge warnings they'll be putting on there because, you know, nobody knows that cigarettes are bad. No one knows. I mean, 
people that smoke cigarettes, they don't think cigarettes are bad for them, right? They they need to have big reminder pictures now because because people can't read in America apparently. The the big government warnings that take up a full, you know, uh side or two of the package, that's not enough. So uh, the FDA's in charge now. Is there anything I'm missing here, Mark? Or have we have we recapped everything? Well, it, I you know, I don't know the the specifics of the law. All of them, I can just say, basically, this article is on uh, flavors. Oh, except for menthol and tobacco flavored cigarettes. Right. All the other flavors are banned. Um, and I'd also like to point out as of out, September first, Tuesday. Clo- yeah, clove cigarettes represent only nine one hundredths of a percent of all cigarettes purchased in the United States. I mean, all cigarettes. What about the kids? What about the children? Oh, well, um, there's there's a there's a study on that now. How many how many cherry cigarettes are the kids buying? Um, let me give me one second here. Like anybody can really tell this, right? right. I mean, well, th- this was you know they they filled out of of survey. Yeah. It says a relatively small number of kids that had smoked cigarettes. Um, of these had had smoked clove cigarettes. That's six point eight percent of the twenty percent who had smoked in that month. In in the last month is what they had said previously. So, and candy flavored cigarettes. Um, but that's a total of one point seven percent of students in general had mm-hmm. smoked a flavored cigarette in the last uh, month. And I'd also like to point out that clove cigarettes are kind of like, you know, fooling around cigarettes. They're not real, you know, people that are generally people don't say I'm addicted to clove cigarettes, got to have clove cigarettes. They're kind of they're one of those social smoking kind of things, mm-hmm. you know, like just, just something to fool around with. Some people manage to, to do, have that relationship with tobacco that they only ever smoke cigarettes when they're drinking or out or in certain situations. Yep. I know those people. And why shouldn't those people be able to do that? Because mommy government knows best. Let's go to your phone calls about what you want. It's Chris in Texas. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Chris. Hey, guys. You really make me want a cigarette right about now. <laughs> What's on I, uh, You know, it's interesting. Um, what you're talking about with the, the pictures that they put on the cigarettes and everything. Yep. I, I, I've, I've traveled a lot in my day, and I've, I've been over to Europe and, and Canada and Mexico and just all over the place, really. And um, one of the I, I do very clearly remember the cigarettes that they had when I was in uh, in England, I think. And they do they have pictures of you know somebody smiling and their teeth are all falling out, and they mm-hmm. have pictures of black lungs like you were talking about. And man, I bought like twenty packs of those, and I brought them back to Texas and gave them out to my friends, and I was like, hey, look at look at what they do to their cigarettes over there, and we'd all sit around and smoke them together. But, yeah, we're so uh, free here in America. They don't do this here in America. Oh, well, they caught up. Yeah, it, that's how it works with governments. Yeah, the here in Austin, um, they you know they they passed a smoking ban. Oh gosh, maybe two years ago or so. Is it all businesses you, or just restaurants or bars or what is it? Restaurants, bars, you cannot smoke. Okay. Um, within 15 feet of any kind of door, you can't smoke, and it's actually posted and written on a lot of doors. No smoking within 15 feet or whatever. So, I mean, basically, they they did what they could to make it as difficult as possible for smokers. Well, the thing that they don't really address is that, you know, for a bar, no offense to the non-smokers, but typically your smokers are some of your best customers. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I can tell you, having worked as a waiter um, in both bars and restaurants, that if if you get the option between the smoking and the non-smoking section, you want the smoking section because smokers are just better tippers. And Without without a doubt. Well, uh, I mean... 
it, it, you know, certainly that it, it, you know, that just from the bell curves, you want smokers. That's all there is to it. I mean, people are more relaxed and they're, well, it's difficult to generalize by, but yeah. like that. But what I wanted to say about it was that, you know, the bars here in Austin, they, they recognize that. And this is a pretty big bar. There's, there's a large live music and bar scene here in Austin. Yes, there is. And, uh, you know, the bars have recognized this, and so what they basically did to respond to the city ordinance is we're not going to enforce it. Well, to be in compliance really? with the code or whatever, they, they're not allowed to have ashtrays anywhere. So, I mean, they're, they're eliminating their risk, but they're basically saying a lot of them, not all of them, but they're saying, you know, we're not going to tell somebody to put out their cigarette. It's not our job to police people. Awesome. And so, and... What you got out of that is some bars, you know, there's definitely, without a doubt, less smoking in bars. But what you have is the bars that have outdoor patios, Yeah. that those bars have better businesses. So you really reallocated the money towards the bars that were already set up. Mm -hmm. And and real estate's pretty valuable here. So, I mean, it's not, you may not have had a building where you can add a patio. And basically that that really puts you at a huge disadvantage over another bar that did have a patio. But now aren't the uh, normally when a smoking one of these smoking bills goes through the uh, the onus of enforcement is on the bar owner because they're the ones that are responsible for the fines. Is that not the case in Austin? It went back and forth between the bars and the city, and I, I don't know the actual end result, but well, I, I can't. Good for them for going ahead and doing a little bit of disobedience and refusing to be the unpaid enforcer of the state. Thanks for the call for that. Uh, I appreciate hearing from you at 800-259-9231. You can bring up anything. This is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. Bring up whatever you want if you dial toll-free, 800-259-9231. It's the SACL CAI toll-free line, 1-800-259-9231. Tonight, it's Ian with you. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features are free, so enjoy those on us. And if you like the show and want to help support Free Talk Live, you can become an amplifier for as little as 3 bucks a month. We take that money in and reinvest it into the show Getting on more radio stations around the country, bringing more internet listeners on board, and exposing new people to the ideas of freedom. So if you like those uh, ideas and you want to help get them out there more, Free Talk Live is probably one of the more effective ways of going about doing that as far as the return on investment for your $3 per month. Not that you get money back per se, but uh, bringing new people to the ideas of liberty is uh, it's a return all on its own. So please go to amp.freetalklive.com, get on board, get perks like access to the AMP-only call-in lines, chat room, forum, and more. All the details are at amp.freetalklive.com. Right back to your calls. Tom in New Hampshire, you're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Tom. Tom? Update as of 10 minutes ago about Senator Ted Kennedy. Huh? Have you heard the latest update as of 10 minutes ago about Senator Ted Kennedy? He's still dead. That's right. He's up and, uh, and, and moving around. That was it? Wow, he, he <laughs> held uh, since 7.23 to tell us that. Okay, well, you know, speaking of Ted Kennedy, I actually had something in my show prep tonight about this. Uh, and it's one of those stories that really just kind of makes me a little ill. From the Washington Post. Boston. They came by the thousands and stood quietly and patiently in line. Young and old. Every color and background, and ethnic origin. And together, they reflected the tapestry of modern America 
that Senator Edward M. Kennedy touched during his half-century in public life. Friday evening's memorial service here at the John F. Kennedy Presidential Library, as with Saturday's funeral and uh, funeral mass, will be attended by the prominent and the powerful. President Obama, Vice President Biden, Kennedy's colleagues in the Senate, former presidents. But Friday was the last chance for the public, you little guys, to personally pay their respects. Average people who never knew Kennedy, but who were directly impacted by the legislation he moved or were inspired by his example of public service. Just stop me when you get sick enough. Oh, I'm sick Just- enough. <laughs> It's so bad. Uh, this is, you know, this is what happens when po- some politicians pass away. I don't know if they all get this treatment because I, I try not to pay that much attention to the world of politics. This but, is quite the treatment. Quite, the, quite the treatment here. But there's this, there's this attitude uh, behind. They are better. This well, is, I mean, <laughs> you know, the, I mean, their Cam- Camelot is the only uh, Camelot, right? Yeah, the very best example. But that's what they call these people from, like they're from Camelot. Mm-hmm. What is that supposed to mean? Are they actually from a place called Camelot, or is it just a, no. this is our American royalty, that that's kind really, of attitude? It, that's really how the Kennedys were referred, yes. Right. And it's just disgusting. Mm-hmm. It's, I mean, it's bad enough over in places where they actually have supposed royalty. I find that despicable all on its own, The that that whole idea. But the concept behind the American political system was to have the everyman. Uh, be involved in the political system. Now, we all understand that that's not how it worked out. But that was the concept, right? The idea was that any old guy who, uh, you know, was duly qualified for the office could run and win, and that's America, damn it. And no, no more titles, royalty. No titles would actually be allowed. No titles of nobility would be allowed. So. What's the intention? Wasn't that the uh, mystery 13th Amendment or something like that? There was going to be a 13th Amendment that said that, but they never actually passed it. No, it's it. in the Constitution that they yeah, no titles of nobility. Really? Something like I that. I could have sworn that was going to be the 13th yeah. Amendment and it didn't actually make it through. Our listeners will let us know. But, uh, you know, nonetheless, they did allow the titles of nobility. Esquire and lawyer, lawyerly titles, that sort of thing, are, are certainly allowed. Uh, certainly allowed to hold office. And this is what happens. They uh, they get in there and they act like they're doing something for someone when the, the only way this guy touched Americans, for the most part, was <laughs> to rob wallets. from them. Yeah. And, and I'm not saying that because he's a Democrat, in case it's your first time tuning in. He's no different to me than any of the Republicans, well, maybe except for Ron Paul, uh, but for, from any of the Republicans and Democrats in Washington, D.C. He's just a little more well-renowned because he's been around for longer. That's all. Let me continue, though, here. Jordan Weiner is a, or Weiner, is a New York City cab driver, and when he heard that Kennedy had died, he took the day off and drove five hours to stand here in line. Under a scorching sun, Holy with crap. thousands of others waiting outside the library, all for just a glimpse of the coffin, and to say a final goodbye. As a college student, Wiener worked for, the, for Kennedy's failed 1980 presidential campaign, organizing delegates in New York, Maine, and the district. I'd say next to my father and my mother, he's a huge formative influence upon me. Boy, that's Well, he did work sad. for the campaign. I mean... Uh... So he may, he may very well have known the man. Says Wiener, now 49, the 1980 campaign, he said, was one of the few times in my life when I absolutely knew what I was doing was, or actually knew I was doing what I was supposed to be doing. Now I'm just driving a cab and I'm not sure. 
<laughs> P.K. Kapoor drove from Wallingford, Connecticut, two and a half hours away. Kapoor, who's 62, was born in India, remembered listening to All India Radio to the news that Kennedy's brother John had been assassinated. He came Friday to pay my last respects. I would have driven ten hours. This guy is a hero to people. This is the illusion that politicians, so many of them, have on the American public. Now, sure, the conservatives would say, oh, this guy's a bad man, chappaquiddick, da-da-da-da-da, drinking, whatever, you know. They can, they can Actually, go. the conservatives have been very, very, uh, on a very short leash on this oh, one. Oh, have they? They've been very, very good respectful. about it. Yeah, they've been very, very good about it because they know that the media is listening. I think Free Talk Live is probably the only show coming out here and saying, this is just plain old disgusting. Another dead thug. And the thug. reason that we can do it is because... We don't care if he's a Democrat or a Republican. Nope. The fact is, Ted Kennedy didn't mind using the apparatus of government to steal from people, throw people in prison, and kill them if they didn't agree with what he wa- what he wanted, and if they didn't go along with what he wanted. He was a sick, evil man. Fifty thousand people, approximately, uh, came to pay their last respects before the public viewing closed at 3 p.m. 50,000 people took their time, spent their money to come and see, you know, glimpse a coffin, wait for hours in the, in the sunlight and glimpse a coffin holding a, a dead thug whose uh, sole job it was was to extract wealth from them. Well, we need to have him hermetically sealed in a vault so that everybody can go see his uh, corpse, the, just like they do with Lenin. The delusions that people suffer from, the illusions uh, that they are under about these politicians is, is amazing to me. And I, and I think it's very interesting, Mark, and you're right. You know, Now that I think of it, eyeballing some of the stories here in the news about Ted Kennedy, the, uh, you're right. The political – the right side of the aisle, so to speak, has been very um, – I guess I'm 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 losing the word mild. I'm looking for. Mild, yeah, okay, mild. And the deferential. That's yeah. the word I want. Deferential toward. Oh yeah, he was a great man. Let's let's talk about him for all the great things that he did. He did. They really do. Oh, we're doing that. Yeah. Um, trying to talk about the great things he did. Just trying to find the good things that Ted Kennedy did. Because they want the same thing to happen with their politicians when they die. They want the same kind of deferential treatment from uh, from the Democrats. But to me, they're all a bunch of gangsters. They're all a bunch of criminals. Uh, one is not necessarily different from the other. I, I'd probably be you know, sad to hear about Ron Paul passing away because he actually has some level of principle and actually applies his principle. Uh, but these other people, they're, they're criminals. One of these thugs is not right. like the others. He's only di- Ted Kennedy's only different is his accent is different and particularly annoying, if I must say. So I didn't really have much else to say to that beyond just highlighting this, uh, this worship, this politician worship. That goes on in this country where, again, politicians were intended to be the everyman. It was supposed to be the idea of, you know, the the, uh, the construction worker or anybody else could go and get elected, go off to Washington, D.C., supposedly serve their two years or whatever, and then come back home and somebody else would go out and do that. That was the intention. These people weren't supposed to be worshipped. These pe- people weren't supposed to be revered or in, in any way yeah, or, they were, or well-known. they were, in fact, supposed to serve, and we yeah. know that they're not. Sir, well, they've served their themselves. buddies. Yeah, they've served themselves and they've served their buddies. But it just—it's a testament. A story like this is a testament to how brilliant these these people really are. How cr- how criminally brilliant they are at being able to pull the wool over people's eyes to get them to believe that they're doing something other than just fleecing 
the American people and rewarding their friends and punishing their enemies. To get them to believe that what they're doing in Washington, D.C. is somehow noble, is somehow valid, is worthy of driving two minutes for. You can uh, take control of the airwaves here. Uh, number Hour number two is on the way. Your thoughts about this or anything goes. 800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line. Uh, and I, I don't know what it's going to take for Americans to, uh, to shatter this particular belief system. Because it's very dangerous to their economic health and their personal welfare. To believe that politicians are your friends. They're not. Hour two is coming up. Attention, all active duty members and veterans of the U.S. military. Your proud service to your country entitles you with the right to participate in special VA loan programs with benefits not available to the general public, like the ability to purchase a new home with no down payment or mortgage insurance, or refi with cash out up to 100% of your present home equity with less strict credit criteria. You are entitled to these benefits. Review them online at varadio.com. This is Tim Lewis from iFreedom Direct and a veteran of Operation Iraqi Freedom. I want you to know that as a member or veteran of the United States military, you've earned special rights and privileges. On your feet and get the details at varadio.com. iFreedom Direct Corporation is a private lender approved by the VA and licensed in most states. In certain states, certain restrictions and limitations apply. For a current list of licenses, disclosures, and all benefits, go to varadio.com. varadio.com. Talk Live. We're launching into the second hour of the program. You can bring up anything. Just dial toll-free, 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, 1-800-259-9231. We're going to go right back into your phone calls about whatever you want. Let's go to Jeff in Oregon. You're on Free Talk Live. Jeff, what's on your mind? Hey, how's it going? Hey, what's on your mind tonight, Jeff? Go ahead. Well, basically, um, I don't know who all is there with you, but um, I've been listening for the past few days, and, uh, excuse me. <coughs> uh, do you mean um, you've been anyway, listening for the past sorry. few days forever, like this is the, the first few days that you've listened? Oh, no, 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 okay. I'm sorry. Um, basically, I've been listening for the past few days specifically as, as to what I called about. Okay. Um, basically, um, I was just wondering if, if, Ian, you think that there is an objective right and an objective wrong? An objective right and wrong. Can you describe what you mean by that? Well, like, is, uh, for instance, is voluntary, sorry, voluntarism essentially right and statism essentially wrong? I think that uh, what is right and wrong, to me, is defined as, uh, you know, what harms or helps. Uh, so if it harms other people, then it's wrong. Um, as far as making that okay. into an objective wrong, uh, I'm not sure exactly what that, what that really entails. Well, I mean, is there a situation where, where voluntarism could be wrong? Where the act of humans interacting voluntarily could be wrong, I, I can't think of it. I mean, if you can share one with okay. me, I'd love to no, hear I'm it. No, I'm not. I'm not saying that there there is a way. I'm just saying that um, you had kind of made the statement that there is no right or wrong in the, in a certain sense. Like, um, 
you had said that... I think there are um, agreements. I think that there are agreements that most people have, and that's kind of what determines generally what's right and wrong. I think that, you know, most people would agree that hurting other people is uh, is a bad idea, but I don't know if I there's any... To. I don't know if there's any in, in, anything that's inherently right or wrong as far as... Some people think that it's right, for instance, to uh, to steal, uh, to take bread from a store during a hurricane because, well, you know, they've got to they've got to feed themselves. And I think that under certain circumstances, you know, there may be a, an excuse for that. I think the right thing to do, the most the most moral thing to do in that circumstance, would be to go back later uh, to that store after you've survived the hurricane and, and give them some money for the bread that that you stole. Um, so I think that I don't know no, if there I are any hard and fast rules. I, I, I guess uh, what I was trying to get at with that, um, probably not doing it the best way, is um, basically what makes something right or wrong as far as, uh, like, philosophically or something like that. Like, what is the basis behind something being right or wrong? Well, I, I, you know, I know you didn't ask me this question, but doesn't the non-aggression principle, uh, you know, kind of sum it up that uh, you won't use force or fraud in order to oh, achieve? Oh, and I, I, oh, sorry. Go ahead. Political or social gains? Uh, well, I, and I agree with the non-aggression principle absolutely, but I'm saying like even that, like, what's the philosophical basis behind the non-aggression principle? Well, I mean, I don't, I'm not a philosopher, so I don't really know a lot about philosophy. I just know what is, to me, what I feel is appropriate, and I feel that hurting people is wrong, so that's how I live my life. I don't aggress against others. I, I guess I, I wish I could answer it better for you, but I just, I'm not a philosophy oh, no, major. I, 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 yeah, I understand that. Your um, question may be too deep for me. I, I really don't know if I'm, uh, if I'm qualified to answer a question like that. Okay. Um, I, I mean... Yeah, basically, you know, I'm trying to keep away from the discussion because I know you guys are tired of it. Well, but um, from, from an ontological, an you are an objectivist. Okay, so yeah. so uh, you know, make your statement then. Uh, well, I, I'm not like trying to proselytize, I guess, but because uh, I know that you know, in in Ian's eyes, you know, voluntarism is incompatible. I would say that. The government, you know, described in objectivism is fairly similar to voluntarism anyway, but basically, I guess what I'm trying to say, sorry, um, is, is that, um, I don't know, I, I believe that there is an objective, right? I agree that there's objective right and objective wrong. I'll, gi- I'll give okay. you that. I think there's moral and immoral. And um, the reason that there are is because those are the things that work in yeah, dealing with other people. I'm sorry. I'm like the first time I've ever called into a radio show, so I'm a little nervous. I almost right. passed out the first time I was on the radio, so you, know, can't, you can't do any worse than me. So can you repeat that again, Mark? There's, <laughs> there's moral and immoral and what? There's moral and immoral, and things are moral and immoral because they work as far as society goes. Yeah, people can't well, go wait, around I mean, wait a hurting minute. each other. Well, wait. You could say the government works. I mean, it extracts money from people and gives money to other people. That it, works. It functions, well, but it functions but poorly, immoral. and it's inefficient. So there are better things um, that will work better, and the government threatens force against people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, well, and Ian Ian does make the moral argument a lot, and I guess that's what I was trying to get to. Like, it, you know, what's the basis for morality if you know consciousness isn't you know real or something like I that? I would say the basis is I have no I have no way <laughs> I believe consciousness is real because I'm ex- I believe I'm experiencing it. But I think the basis mm-hmm. for my morality is that I don't want to get I don't want to get hurt, so I don't want to hurt other people. 
I mean, you know, I, I just uh, that that seems like my well, basis. That yeah, and I mean that's you know, if consciousness is real, then I mean that kind of presupposes the you know the metaphysical argument that objectivism gives is that reality is real. I guess is the thing. Uh, if conscious, run that by me one more time. Well, consciousness uh, basically, in order for consciousness to exist, it has to be conscious of something. I don't know. I think that I can't really say that's true or not. I, I don't know enough about consciousness to make a de- definitive statement about that. It's darn difficult to uh, define consciousness. Right. Who's to say that before there was something, there was not consciousness? Okay, and I, I can see where, like, opinion would come into that. So I, I, I'll concede that, definitely. Um, I, I mean, basically, I was just kind of trying to get a general idea of how you fell on the, you know, where the morality came from. Did you get an answer? I mean, did you get the answer you were looking for or an answer that uh, would be appropriate? I, I mean, I definitely am closer to understanding what you were saying. And and I, I was a little angry at first. You you kind of, ex- with the objectivists or warmongers thing, but my friend Jesse called in and you explain yourself well enough for me, so I'm okay with that. And Lauren Canario uh, was on the show this week, and she explained herself as having been 20 years in the objectivist camp and meeting mm-hmm. a number of objectivist warmongers. So it just seems like kind well, of bad company. Yeah, well, I mean, like, I understand that, too. And, like, the the best way I can put it is, <coughs> excuse me, the Ayn Rand Institute is run by Leonard Peikoff. And Leonard Peikoff, is to me how Bob Barr would be for you. Oh, I see. Okay, Bob Barr is to so, the uh, the Libertarian Party, the supposed Libertarian Bob Barr. Uh, thank you for that. I appreciate the conversation. Well, you know, we have sure. uh, here on Free Talk Live, we've shed the term libertarian to some extent. Um, I have. I thought you still. Uh, well, you know, I'm, I'm fine with the term. I, I, you know, I, if if people understand what it means the same way I understand it, what it means. But if they don't understand it the way that I understand it, then I'd like to clear it up for them. But we've basically shed the term here on the show. What do you think about shedding the term objectivist since this Leonard Peikoff fella doesn't uh, who runs the Anne Ryan Ayn Rand Institute or whatever, whatever her name is um, Institute since he is well to some extent legitimately the uh, the standard bearer of uh, of objectivism these days and he is not what you would call an objectivist oh I think no, he's gone or, you are there okay because, go ahead sorry uh, well basically the reason I disagree with him is about war I'm not asking you if you disagree whoa 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 I'm not asking you if you disagree. Clarify your question. <laughs> I disagree with Bob Barr. That's clear. Bob Barr is the libertarian. I've never claimed to be a libertarian in a big L sense. But what about mm-hmm. uh, what about the idea of saying, hey, I'm not an objectivist any longer because this Leonard Peacock fellow is muddying the waters and making it difficult to understand what an objectivist is? I, I, yeah, I see what you're saying. I would say I'm an objectivist in a small O sense, too. <laughs> okay. Thanks what for the is call. it that you like so much about uh, this we, idea? We're out of time. Okay. Thank you for the call. I appreciate hearing from you. And feel free to dial in again any old time, just not tonight, because it's one call per night. 800-259-9231. Then you've got to explain what the difference between a big O and a little O is. And mm-hmm. it's like the big L and the little L libertarian. And it's just, it's just silly. Very silly. But, hey, you know, you should be able to call yourself what you want and have to explain as much as you want about it. More on the way. Just the question is how many people will listen to you for how long? You bring up anything. Julia joins us in moments. 
This is Free Talk Live. You are invited to bring up whatever you want. Just dial toll-free, 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, 1-800-259-9231. Tonight, it's Ian with you. And Julia. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features are free, so enjoy those on us. And they include the bulletin board system. With nearly 500,000 posts, we're not quite there yet, over 49, uh, four, 490,000 actually at this point, on the BBS. Lots to surf around through, some serious issues and fun stuff. You'll find it all at bbs.freetalklive.com. And audible.com is the Internet's leading provider of spoken audio entertainment. You can listen whenever and wherever you want, just like a podcast. Audible has over 60,000 titles from which to choose, and in every genre, Audible has it covered. Get your free audiobook download when you sign up today at audiblepodcast.com slash FTL. That's audiblepodcast.com slash FTL as we go to your phone calls and talk to Alaric in Norway. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Alaric. Hello. Yeah, I bought the uh, politically uh, incorrect um, book on uh, environmentalism myself from that audible.com. Oh, super. <laughs> How was it? Uh, I just wanted to give a little shout out to that Cassidy. I really think she was a brave gal. But I have to tell you that you're talking about the YouTube. The, you're talking what? about the young. I just have to recap because people that are listening don't know who you're talking about. Uh, Cassidy is a uh, 18 year old young lady here in New Hampshire who last week on Sunday decided to go topless as men are free to go topless. She decided to also act like a free woman and remove her top and walk down the street in a very nice day here in Keene, New Hampshire, and was subsequently arrested for it. So that's uh, that's who you're referencing. Go ahead with your thoughts. Yeah, no, but it was uh, really brave of her to do it. It'll take all the fun out of a strip bar, maybe, but um, I really felt sorry for the cop in the uh, little video on YouTube, but otherwise it was pretty cool to see. So wait, you felt sorry for the cop that came out and, and arrested her? I like how he came out Boy, with sunglasses he, on. Didn't he squirm? Was he squirming? I don't know. Maybe. Uh, he seemed some, pretty... Some squirming was going on. Seemed pretty cool I didn't want about to be it. Him. I mean, pretty cool considering that he didn't arrest her immediately and, and was actually uh, had a, having a discussion with us. But, Julia, what was it that, that you oh, said Oh, I thought it was hilarious that he came out with sunglasses on. Are they all three of them had uh, sunglasses? He was probably staring at her boobs the entire time. Wait, did all three? At least two of the three had well, sunglasses. Well, I know the main cop came up, and the first thing I noticed is that he had dark sunglasses on. It right. just made me laugh. Yeah, and she's short. So compared to the cop, he's much taller. So he has the ability to look down on her. Whereas if he were, uh, if he, you know, maybe if she was his his height, it'd be a little less obvious that he was. Or be, I guess it'd be a little more obvious that he was looking at her at her boobs if he actually was tilting his head downward to to look at them. Uh, but the sunglasses would prevent that anyway, because you know that's cops are horny too, right? Cops are interested yeah, in I... uh, naked people. In fact, I've met a lot of cops. I've met a, not a lot, but a handful of cops, and a lot of them are kind of obsessed with sex. I don't know what the really? deal is with that, but uh, a lot of them are obsessed with drinking and sex. I would say that's like tool bag itis. <laughs> a lot of cops are tool bags, and tool bags are obsessed with sex. I mean, I mean, I like sex, so I, I don't, I don't know hmm. exactly what you mean by obsessed, hmm. but. I think I get it. Like, really, really into naked uh, pictures of women and like, sex. Oh, man. Talking about sex a lot and uh, focusing on sex a lot. Yeah, that, that that's just because a lot of cops are tool bags. I, I appreciate you clearing that up, Julia. So uh, what, what about you, Alaric? Any other thoughts for us tonight? Um, I was just thinking to myself, I, I live in Norway. Yes, sir. Uh, we have uh, a subsidized health care system that... Uh, People are generally uh, very happy with 
so I thought maybe I could offer a bit of insight into uh, what it's like okay, when uh, the government controls everything with help to, to do. Go ahead. So there are no private well, clinics at all in Norway? There's no way to uh, achieve private care? Uh, yeah, and dentistry is still private, and there's uh, a really expensive private clinics in a few few places. Okay, so they do exist, as they do in uh, in Great Britain. Someone had sent me an email to say that it's not all government controlled there; it's just most all government controlled. There's still some very expensive private options. But well, go ahead. The, the private the private doesn't give any competition to speak of. Got it. Um, I I just once I I figured that in America once they have it, um, they'll love it. It's lots of uh, free swag and and uh, and uh, like I said, the Norwegians love it, and I have a heck of a time trying to um, talk them out of it because they they saw Michael Moore's movie and they think America is just a real horror story. And well, the America only... is a horror story. It's an awful uh, situation with the government controlling so many aspects of our lives. But it's, are you saying that people love the uh, the, the government health care system until they actually get sick and then have to experience it? Or oh yeah, that's one of their that's one of their uh, well they they either have been sick and it, it all goes into the system where you can take all the time off from work if the kid pukes. So it works together where you get a lot of time off because of it. Also, mm-hmm. so it affects not just sick people but everybody. So then, the lazy people are really uh, have a, a real fa- uh, a proclivity toward taking advantage of this. Oh this yeah, it works then. great for lazy people. Very interesting. So, you know, what we've seen in, in in a lot of places is that young people tend to really think. At least this seems to be the the way it is in Canada, from my experience of talking to people there. But. Uh, that, that young people tend to believe that the healthcare system is just great. They just graduated from government high school, and they told them in government high school that healthcare is free, and and that makes Canada great. And uh, the healthcare system here is awesome. It's free. And then you know, of course, they get older, and maybe some things go wrong in their lives, or and then they go into the hospital, and it's an okay experience for them. Some of them they they have positive experiences, but it turns out that they probably are more likely to take better care of the young people than they are the old people. That's where you really start to get into the scary stories of people having to wait months and months just to see a doctor, <laughs> just to get the treatment. To uh, I mean, it's just crazy. Old people not even getting uh, the treatment they're looking for, being put to the back of the bus, essentially, uh, and, and essentially shuffled back because they're old and therefore they're not worth as much to the, uh, the tax base. And that's, that seems to be the reality of the government-run, at least partial reality for the government-run system. And that's something that the 20-year-olds aren't just, they're just not going to experience. Is that similar uh, to Norway? No, it's quite the opposite in Norway. What, what's, what's going on in Norway? Oh, they take great care of the old people. Really? They try and keep them. There was a, a woman in lives nearby. She died at 105 years old. Well, I mean, She couldn't move or, or do anything, but... There was uh, at least uh, three people fully employed taking care of her. So, so it's it's crazy, but they'll they'll send an ambulance if you're over fifty. But if you're under fifty, they expect you to get there even if you're carrying your own leg. Interesting. Hmm. So it really is. But, so you're saying it really is the opposite. Younger people aren't getting um, better treatment there. Well, they're just not prioritized. Huh. What's the motivation they, it's for that? that? It's assumed they'll be okay. I see. Very interesting. They may very well be. Anything else you want to shed light on here while we have you? Do not get it in America, for God's sake. Um, but the uh, the only thing I had to say, Ian, is that um, the only argument that 
I have used that works at all as a pry bar in uh, in uh, explaining to them that private is better is to try and explain that if America went over to a uh, to a subsidized healthcare system, I think that technology and medical would stop. Yeah, I believe that too. Uh, America currently is driving R and D in the medicine medic, medical field, and once the profits taken out of it on a, on a you know global scale, at least in the industrialized country, there goes your motivation. What's the reason to you know bring around new innovation? Thanks for that call, Alaric. Appreciate hearing from you tonight at eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. That is the SACL CAI toll free line. Planning on crossing the border with a laptop sometime soon? There's new rules you might be interested to know. Are you moving to New Hampshire for the Free State Project? Maybe you are already here and need to find a place to call your own. Mark Warden, the Porcupine Realtor, will help you find the perfect property. Do you want a home with 50 acres of land? How about an income-producing building? Perhaps a cabin on a lake or a condo in an urban area? Invest in liberty and property. Contact Mark Warden, Porcupine Realtor. See his banner ad at freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything toll-free, 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, 1-800-259-9231. It's Ian with you. And Julia. And Mark. And we invite you to our website at freetalklive.com. All the features are free, so enjoy those on us. Again, freetalklive.com. Uh, by the way, those features include the archive. So if you've missed a moment of the show, just click download. They're yours right there on the front page of the site going back an entire year at freetalklive.com. Get ready to take this number down. It's uh, for a free week of Choose for Health's Superfruit Complex. It includes fruits and berries that have tremendous health-enhancing qualities, including goji, mangosteen, acai, and nani fruit. The number is 800-219-8874. That's 800-219-8874. You call that, you get a free week to try it out. Is all you have to do is pay shipping and handling. All right, let's continue taking your calls. Meme Filter is on the line from New Hampshire. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Meme Filter. Hi, guys. Hey, How are you? What's on your mind tonight? Oh, uh, I wanted to go back to, uh, you were talking about Yaron Brooks of uh, the Ayn Rand Institute uh, being pro-war, and I can tell you in short terms why he's a fool. But I have uh, something I wanted to mention before that, if you don't mind. Uh, by all means. Uh, I have personally taken it on myself to offer myself up as a romantic partner to a girl who you met up at Porkfest. Uh, she leaves tomorrow morning from Ohio to move to New Hampshire and become the newest Free State Project member. Oh, excellent. Excellent. Uh, you are the meme filter from boldvoices.tv, which is uh, one of our internet video affiliates. You guys carry the Free Talk Live uh, or the Liberty Radio Network video channel there, and uh, you've got your own little chat room, and there's uh, usually a busy amount of people in there at boldvoices.tv. So this is your, your partner who's uh, making the move up. You've just moved within the last few weeks, right? Oh, uh, I've been here since uh, the turn of 07. I got here on – I signed my lease on the 9th of 08, so I didn't get to vote for Ron in the election, which was a major, major disappointment for me. Oh, I, I, I misunderstood. I thought you were a relatively new transplant. Uh, no, I'm just uh, – I've been working so far in new media that uh, I haven't been uh, very politically active, unfortunately. Gotcha. Uh, but, uh, yeah, you know, I just wanted to say to the uh, the guys out there in the Free State Project, if you're single, the trick, guys, is to go go out there and uh, be cute and seduce someone and then get them to move in with you. Good luck. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Uh, so, what else do you have? Do you mind me hopping back to Rand for a moment? Yeah, by all means. 
the problem is, is it stems from the conception of property rights. Uh, and this is probably a difficult line of reasoning for a lot of the conservatives and minarchists who listen to Free Talk Live. And you guys, I know you have a huge audience, and uh, I appreciate everything you've done. Uh, but the argument is that you have rights uh, that extend naturally from your creator that all other men are supposed to respect. And if you uh, derive the logic of that argument, I think you can find that... Uh, Neither the tiger nor the virus respects your right to life. Neither the thug nor the state respects your right to property. And there are imaginary constructs that we use to explain mammalian territorialism. So when Brooks or the uh, ARI goes out and starts talking about defending contract law and contract rights for properties overseas and stuff, which they have done, they've said that those are now our oil fields and we should use the American military to... Uh, transmit force abroad to defend those property rights, they're already starting with the premise that, you know, force is okay, aggressive force is okay if you uh, concede the notion of property rights in the first place. So, uh, you know, the, the, the simple argument is how objective are they really being if they can't even understand that uh, rights are a construction uh, that have uh, a very difficult defense if you try and tell that to the person who's been living there for, you know, a thousand years before you got there and signed a contract with someone who doesn't own the land. So are you a former objectivist? Is that why you're so well-versed on this particular issue? Well, I call myself a post-Randian objectivist because she uh, has missed a l she, she failed to tie up some loose ends that have caused a lot of problems. But no, I believe that objective knowledge, knowledge is possible, so I still often call myself an objectivist. Okay. Well, thanks for that rant. Anything else on your mind? Uh, no, uh, other than uh, I agree that uh, what's about to happen is the same state that believes that they have the right to intrude on your laptop property, uh, if, if that right existed in the first place, uh, are about to do so on the borders of the United States, too, because they claim that they, you know, uh, I think if you boil it back down, it really comes back down to pressure from uh, the RIAA and the like to say that they don't want MP3s to cross the border. Thanks for the call tonight, Mean Filter. I appreciate hearing from you at 800-259-9231. Let's talk to John, listening in Canton, Ohio. John, you're on Free Talk Live, listening to WCER. Yeah, I was listening to WCER earlier. They only carried the first hour, but was uh, listening to your discussion about the black market potential created by the uh, banning the flavored cigarettes. And a yes. uh, pretty new listener to the show, but wondered if you've ever talked about the uh, upcoming ban on the manufacture of incandescent light bulbs. Is that uh, a reality? I know that California has banned the sale, as I understand it, of uh, incandescent bulbs. Are you, You're saying that's a, now a federal ban that's going to be in place? I, I believe there is a federal ban that was passed, and I don't remember the details, but it was passed about two years ago, and I believe it's going to go into effect in 2012. Hmm. But I don't know whether it just bans the manufacturer or also the sale. That is a good question. If it does ban the sale, that'll be pretty sad too, because there are a lot of people. I mean, there are companies That'd be out really, there really tough on a, a company that, that has you know has a man inventory. Stock. Yeah. yeah, a lot. And, and I mean, well, light bulb manufacturers or light bulb dealers have a whole lot of those bulbs in uh, in inventory right you know, now. What they really need to do is just uh, actually ban the possession, and then they can go into Americans' houses and check around and oh, make wow. sure that there's no incandescent bulbs there. Really, That's what a scary is the idea. difference? I, if if you look at it from that standpoint, what's the difference between me having the right to possess an incandescent light bulb, to sell an incandescent light bulb, or to manufacture? Really, mm -hmm. what's the difference? It's just a level of control. That's, a good that's all. And, and you know, Mark, that's probably where they would like to go with it. That's probably I mean, they would love the excuse to be able to come into people's homes and poke around, wouldn't they? Don't give many ideas. <laughs> 
Well, the whole idea is to reduce energy. If that, like you said, if that's if that's their, uh, they can tell manufacturers they can't make them. What's the? Well, they can't tell you you can't own them. And the whole idea of this uh, energy consumption thing is this lack mentality. Um, the idea that energy itself is finite. Well, it's not. Energy comes from all different kinds of things. And what, in fact, will drive uh, new energy and alternative energy production is the lack of uh, fossil fuels that we currently have. They act like the, the, the politicians and, and the greenies and all that basically are acting like there's only so much oil, which th there's no proof for at this point. Um, there's only so much oil, and that oil represents the energy. So there's only so much energy. When you use energy, when you use oil, you're using the oil and the energy that belongs to all of us. Really? I, I thought I paid for it. I actually think it's really funny when people make the claim like we're running out of energy. Because I don't know much about about physics and energy. I didn't really pay attention in high school science class, and yeah. it's not one of my favorite subjects, so I never pursued looking much more up in my own time. But I do remember that energy can neither be created nor destroyed. It simply changes forms, and that's something that we learned in elementary school science. One of the laws of thermodynamics, if I'm not mistaken. Is that correct? The, uh, I'm energy, not sure. I don't remember. Out. But I just think it's funny when people talk about energy like we're going to run out of it. Right. Well, right. It's, it, that's just it. I mean, if, if, go, if you can prove that oil's actually running out, and like you said, Mark, there's not really any proof of that. Well, we, we, we may be running out of particular forms, oil, but, you know, like you said, there's no proof of that. But even if we were to run out of that particular form, as we run out, the price is going to go up, and that's going to spur people to come up with uh, new forms. Of new innovative ideas as to mm -hmm. how to take a natural resource and turn it into a usable form of energy, just like they did with oil. Because uh, exactly. I know we've said this before, but oil was a nuisance to farmers in the past. I mean, exactly. The, the oil would start coming up, and oh darn it, Bessie, we we, we got that black field. We got that black garbage out here again, and then somebody finally figured out that you could do stuff with that black garbage, and now it's like gold. It's worth you know a whole lot of money. So they would figure it out because, well, people in search of profit are really good at innovating and coming up with wonderful ideas that make our lives better. Any other thoughts tonight? No, but thanks uh, Thanks for having me on, guys. Thank you, John. Appreciate the call. Let's talk to George in Canada. You're on Free Talk Live. Yes, George. Hello? Hey, you're on the air. What's on your mind tonight? Hi. Um, I would just like to tell a story about um, pretty much my neighbor's dog who ran away from his house. Okay, well, sure. We'll let you do that here in moments because you really can call in about anything on this show. I'm sure it'll be gripping. 800-259-9231. Uh, seriously, though, who, who wants to lose their dog? Who wants to lose it's their a bad, bad feeling? Their loved animal. One eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. That is the SACL CAI toll free line. We'll see what these circumstances are that surround this particular loss in moments and take your calls about anything. This is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show, and you can bring up whatever you want. Just dial toll-free to 1-800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line, 800-259-9231. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. You want to help support the show, you can shop with us at amazon.freetalklive.com. Just enter Amazon through that link. 
And Free Talk Live will get a percentage of your purchase. Same great prices, Amazon. You know them. They're the world's largest internet retailer, selling all kinds of stuff in dozens of categories. Free Super Saver shipping on a whole lot of their brand new items, even used items to save a few extra bucks. We'll get a cut of anything you buy if you enter through Amazon.FreeTalkLive.com. That's Amazon.FreeTalkLive.com. As we continue taking your phone calls about what you want, it's George in Canada. You're back on Free Talk Live. You were talking about a, a missing dog or, do, or a dog that had run away. Go ahead and uh, get into your story. Yes, hi. Um, do you guys hear me? Yes, sir, George. What's on your mind? Go ahead. Okay. Um, well, pretty much my neighbor's dog um, ran away from his house because he told me that he has been treating him pretty bad. Wait, the dog and, um, told you that... The neighbor told you that she, he's been treating the dog the badly? Neighbor told, the neighbor told me, yes. Like, what kind of how, and, what kind of bad treatment are we talking about here? Starving? Beating? Uh, what, are we, what are we talking uh, about? Let's just say beating, because um, he once took a picture of his fist in the dog's mouth, which I found pretty rude, right? Yeah, and, I, I wouldn't um, want a fist in my mouth. That, that's pretty rude. Yeah. And, um... Well, pretty much, I just found out yesterday that the dog has ran away from, uh, from the house. Okay. And um, I asked him, do you have any ideas why? And he told me that um, that he had been treated very rudely. So this is a, just a message to all dog owners and everything, because um, I used to own a fish, but by an accident, I flushed it while I was trying to wash the sink. Uh-huh. And um, pretty much... Um, I'm just pretty much saying a message to all pet owners to be nice. watch out, be careful, and... Um, you're saying be nice to your pets food. or they might run away? Is that what you're saying? That's pretty much what I'm saying. It's I a mean, good they message. have a mind of their own, right? You know, they do you have know, a mind some, of their own. Some pets, I mean, in this case, this pet is smarter than I think a lot of human beings are. To, to actually no, leave right. the place that is being abused. There are there are human beings that will say things like, Oh, I know he beats me, but I, he loves me. And, you know, then they'll exactly. stay in the, the, the abusive household. This dog may, may have had more sense than some human beings. Thank you for the story tonight. I appreciate it. 800-259-9231. Not sure if that was a crank, but uh, thanks anyway. I, I don't think his fish ran away when he fl- put it in the sink. Or he, said he, he, said, he said he flushed it, so maybe he... he accidentally let the water out of the sink. He thought it was a good idea to put the fish in the toilet bowl. Uh, he said sink. Didn't he say sink? You don't flush sinks, Ian. Yeah, it was a little weird. Yeah, we were, we were cranked. It was a little okay. spacey. He was a little spacey. It's okay. 800-259-9231. I like a good crank. Don't, I'm not saying that was a very good one. No. I like a good crank. Uh, the toll-free number is 800-259-9231. As we continue here, the story from PC World. And their business center. And I thought this was already the case. So to me, this didn't seem like news because I figured this was already going on based on the behavior of the Border Patrol bureaucrats. Hadn't we heard about the Border Patrol people searching people's laptops with, you know, no particular reason to do so? Just because they were crossing the border? Haven't we heard those stories, Mark? I wasn't paying attention. Uh, I know you weren't. That's why I said your name. Well, why uh, would you do that? I don't know. Just to call you out. Well, that it makes your sh- it makes your show look unprofessional. It makes you look unprofessional. I'm reading a freaking email from one of our advertisers. I understand do that. Do that during the breaks. So uh, what I was getting at is that we have had people call this show, right, that have said that they have had their laptops searched for no reason whatsoever yes. when crossing the border. So I figured this was already the case. I figured, there, you know, that's old news, right? But this story is from yesterday. 
where the U.S. Department of Homeland Security has released new rules for border agents searching travelers' laptops and other electronic devices. Uh, and according to the new guidelines, they uh, were unveiled yesterday. They continue to allow U.S. Customs and Border Protection and U.S. Immigration and Customs Enforcement to search electronic devices during border crossings without suspicion of wrongdoing. The new rules were announced at DHS. Uh, oh, say, so they're continuing the policy. Yeah, this is a continuation of the policy. See, because uh, so, I was sure that they had uh, allowed that also. See there, now I look bad because I didn't do, do my show prep right. <laughs> uh, the, the new rules were announced by DHS a day after the ACLU filed a lawsuit in an effort to get more information about border laptop searches. The ACLU and other groups have complained that the laptop search policy violates the U.S. Constitution's Fourth Amendment. Oh, they, yeah, they actually think that's still in effect. <laughs> And against unreasonable search and seizure, new guidelines are intended to provide more transparency and accountability for the laptop searches, according to the bureaucrat who is the spokesperson. They require CPB to complete a search of an electronic device within five days and ICE to complete a search within 30 days. Really nailing them down on that one. That's really great. So if you're, if you're crossing the border for business, just don't bring your laptop because there's a good chance that they'll just take it. And they'll sit on it, and maybe, you know, if it's... Uh, they got 30 if, days to get it back to you. If it's ICE, it's 30 days. If it's CPB, it's five days. But, you know, if they take six or 15 days, what are you going to do about it? I mean, have if you they, ever? If you never get your laptop back, what are you going to do about right. it? Right. Have you ever tried calling a government bureaucracy to get customer service? Have you ever tried that? Because if you've, ever, if you've never tried it, you don't know, right? If you've never actually called a government bureaucracy to complain about something, you, you don't know. So it's impossible. It's not customer service because you're not a customer of the government. It is slave service because that's what you are. Yeah, it's and they'll get to your call. service because that's what you are. They'll get there to you when they no feel like it. There is no competition. They've got your computer. You don't have it. You can't do a, a, anything about it. And go away. Quit bothering us, surf. What are you, you going to do? Hire a lawyer to get your $1,000 laptop back? So you hire a lawyer. Big deal. What's that have to do with that bureaucrat on the phone? They've got sovereign immunity. You can't, that lawyer can't do anything to that person. But when was I'm... the last time you heard of a government agent getting fired for poor customer service? I've never heard of such a thing. I mean, they might get fired for raping somebody. They might get fired for just a huge theft. They might get fired if the, the, the press gets involved and they really get reamed out. But they're not going to get fired for treating you like dirt. Shoot, sorry, Julia's back. Oh, sorry about um, that. I had an experience once with the post office where I had to call to get some customer service. And then the first thing I noticed was when you call a place and they have um, an automated system and it starts running through the options and it says, like, if you want this, press one. If you sure. want this, press two. And it would finally say for more options, press star. I think it was on like the fourth or fifth menu where it was to talk to a customer service representative. Really? Yeah. So I had to keep listening to all these options. You couldn't just hit zero? No. Like most phone systems, even if it doesn't say it first, you can usually hit zero well, to get, to get something. I don't know. I hit zero. It didn't work. Right. Oh, I wouldn't think it would. The <laughs> government has a special phone system. They must buy their phone systems from special government phone system providers You know that have made the most difficult to navigate phone systems in the world. And, of course, then they have their other favorite tricks, which is uh, passing the buck. 
oh, then once I got to speak to somebody, I had to keep hanging up because the person could never help me. And I would hang, I'd say, okay, well, I'm going to call back. Or I would ask to transfer. First, I started asking to transfer to someone else, and they'd be like, well, there's no one else here. So I had to hang <laughs> I up. I am the manager. Yeah. I had to hang up and call back and listen to all those options again like five times. And then the fifth guy could help me. But so, wow, you can help me. But those four other people couldn't. That's amazing. What was your uh, reason for calling? Oh, well, I mailed a package and it it came back to me like two months later and it looked like it had been thrown down 10 flights of (laughs) stairs and run over by a truck and all of the contents were ruined, basically. So So now uh, the the package that you'd mailed, uh, was it returned for insufficient postage? Was it undeliverable? They claimed that the address was wrong, that it wasn't a real address, but it was a real address. And then finally, I had to, this guy who helped me actually sent me to like the local customer service agency, which was about three hours away, and they sent me a book of expired stamps to make me feel better. Expired stamps, meaning? Well, I mean, you could use them, but they were not worth, like one stamp wasn't worth what a stamp was worth anymore. So so they were 42 instead of 44 or something like that? Well, they were actually like 32, so they were probably like 10 years old or something. So I had to use two for one stamp. Wow. And it took you how long to uh, to ascertain to uh, to get that level of service? Um, it took me probably like an hour to get that level of service. And to be honest, I started out calm. I was not really very calm in the end. And yeah. I I hate getting like that. It bothers me. Mm-hmm. But I, I honestly I don't know if I would have gotten anywhere not doing that because I feel like that's the that mentality of those people. And, that's what they understand is right. Anger that's and, I guess so. Well, and and that was at the post office, which is you know not quite a true full-on government bureaucracy. They they do have some elements of uh, market competition involved there, in that you know you can send things through UPS and, and FedEx if necessary. So there was a slight element of incentive involved there. With any real government bureaucracy, good luck getting them to be uh, helpful with you. Now, some maybe in a smaller town probably be more responsive than others. Like I just got a, a call back from the police chief here in uh, in Keene, New Hampshire today. Um, so you know, there's something to be said for the, the the government bureaucrats you can keep an eye on a little better. Hour three's coming up though. We'll uh, continue with this and your calls as well. It is Free Talk Live. Help Free Talk Live via the AMP program for just $3 per month, and you'll get access to exclusive call-in lines, a chat room, and a forum at amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. It is your show. We are launching into the third hour of the program, and you can dial in toll-free and bring up whatever you want. 800-259-9231. 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. 1-800-259-9231. We're going to get back to your calls, but I want to continue telling a little bit more of the story here about the laptop searches. So for those of you that don't, or the, for those that don't know, this has been going on, and now the Department of Homeland Security, Customs and Border Protection, and Immigration and Customs Enforcement have announced that they are going to continue this policy. They like the idea of being able to uh, take your laptop on a whim and... You know, hang on to it for several days and look around, see what's in there, because that's fun, right? Digging into people's private belongings, that's fun. That's Uh, what they're doing. Sure, why wouldn't they just say, well, yeah, we can do that. 
So, and that's what they are saying. Uh, in fact, they have uh, up to 30 days. The ICE people have up to 30 days to return the laptops or whatever electronic device. So, you know, could be any electronic device here. We're not just talking about laptops. Uh, it could be your cell phone. It could be your Amazon Kindle. It could be whatever the device is. If it is electrically powered, maybe your Razor. You know, I don't know. They could take an electronic device from you and hold it up to 30 days if it's ice. That, ar- that, ra- that electric razor could be packed full of C4. How do it, they know? <laughs> if it's the Border Patrol, it could be up to five days. But as we were pointing out, if, it's gonna, if it takes the Border Patrol 30 days when they're supposed to take five, or what are you going to do? Sue them over your $1,000 laptop? You'll have to pay more for the, attorney, uh, the attorney's retaining fee than that. So you basically have no way to uh, complain. You have right. no way to get any You've sort of... You've lost your laptop. Right. That's it. You uh, might get it back, maybe, maybe, but I mean, just think about that information. That <laughs> how difficult my business is on my laptop. I wouldn't even know what to do if somebody took it from me. The guidelines require the search to be completed uh, within 30 days for ICE. In addition, agents must take additional steps to inform and educate travelers about the searches. And the DHS Office for Civil Rights and Civil Liberties will conduct. <laughs> <laughs> they have an office. Within the Department of Homeland Security, one of the organizations within the government whose job it is to violate people's liberties, called the Office for Civil Rights and Civil Liberties. Anyway, they'll conduct an assessment of the policy's impact within 120 days, and I'm sure their assessment will be very thorough, and I'm sure it will determine that everything's A-OK. Yeah, of course it is. It's going just fine. I mean, what, what else would they come up with? The new rules provide a, uh, he says, their spokesperson says, the new rules provide a good balance between U.S. security and civil liberties and privacy. <laughs> That's so balanced. <laughs> I, we take your crap and give it to you when we feel like it. Chokes at a chicken bone, for God's sake. Janet Napolitano, DHS secretary, said in a statement, Keeping Americans safe in an increasingly digital world depends on our ability to lawfully screen materials entering the United States. Lawfully means she wrote it down somewhere. Yep. The law is whatever they say it is. The new directives announced today strike the balance between respecting the civil liberties and privacy of all travelers while ensuring DHS can take the lawful actions necessary to secure our borders from these evil laptops and blackberries. I mean, what are you doing? What are you securing exactly? What am I going to have on my laptop that is going to put your border in jeopardy? I mean, I think the whole idea of borders in the first place is pretty ludicrous. You know, in- invisible line in the sand enforced by government agents, so I don't agree with in the, uh, at all. But, but presuming there's some legitimacy to the idea of keeping the border safe, what the hell is the laptop going to do? Is, are, is the suggestion here that there's child pornography on the laptop or think, pirated movies? What I would assume that you're dealing with is um, the, the, what, what people... Are, are going to be scared of is terrorists coming across the border. Well, I would With assume... what? Well, you if they have a laptop, you can sort of see that somebody is a terrorist by the amount of... what the information they have on their laptop. They, the, the, so they, the then they can go hunt them down. I see. So, oh, we've got your laptop. Now we know who the terrorist is, and we can go hunt you down. You know, you think the terrorists are stupid? Do the government people think the terrorists are stupid? I mean... 
I understand the government is terrorist, but, you know. Could, well, I, I assume that, um, that they probably do think that, that the terrorists don't do their research. Um, in fact, it's regular people that don't do their research because they don't feel they have anything to hide. Right. It's going to be regular people's laptops get oh, stolen yeah. here. But, uh, a, a thousand to one, uh, ten thousand to one, a hundred thousand to one. A million to one. There's, look, if you're a terrorist and you've got some plot, uh, some evil plot that you've been right. talking with your terrorist buddies about, number one, if you've got some kind of plot like that and you're t- tip-tapping away on your laptop about about it, you'd be a damn fool to not have it encrypted. And number two, what the hell are you going to bring a laptop for across the border if you know that it's uh, there's a chance they could search it and take it from you? I mean, this is the digital age. Any of the information that you're sending on your that you were dealing with on your laptop can be sent over the internet. You it can would, send right. that information it, to your destination. You would think that every um, that they would have a forum where you would have to have a password to get into the forum, and then yeah. they would do their little terrorist talk in there or whatever. Right. That makes far more sense than having it on a laptop. I mean, this is not Johnny Mnemonic where you're trying to uh, you know, smuggle a hard drive in someplace. That's absolutely it's ludicrous. Nuts. Any of the information that they could have, that they need to have, it, they can have right on the Internet that, so that they can have access to it. It's absolute insanity. CPB has asserted it can search all files, including financial documents and web browsing history, on travelers' laptops and electronic devices absent individualized suspicion, meaning... They don't even need to think that you're a terrorist. They can just, not, you know, not like you very much. They don't like the color of your hair. They're going to take a look at your laptop. Uh, and the agency doesn't need probate, or excuse me, probable cause that a crime has been committed to seize a device. In the past 10 months, CPB has dealt with more than 221 million travelers at U.S. ports of entry. CPB did about 1,000 laptop searches during that time, and only 46 were in-depth searches, the agency claims. So if you believe their numbers... Then a thousand people had their laptops violated. They had their privacy violated by these bureaucrats who have been shown in the past to have no problem whatsoever with doing things that are, oh, a little unscrupulous. So and you're you going also to, have put... to ask about the, uh, the laptops they kept. Why did they keep them? Was it to punish the person that, that was saying, whoa, hey, what are you doing with my laptop? Yeah. Give me that, but you can't take my laptop. Oh, yes, yes I can. Yes, we can. Watch me. Yep. Uh, real, I wonder how many of those laptop confiscations, how many was it out of the uh, thousand that they, they well, looked they, at? They didn't. It, it is not made clear. It says that they did a thousand laptop searches. Forty-six were in-depth. So, so I don't know what that let's means. Let's assume that 46 of them um, were ones that they kept. And yeah. I wonder how many of those, you know, that's 4.6 of the people that they took laptops from. I, I'll bet you that's the, that's the percentage of people that said, whoa, 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 what are you doing? Or, or they had uh, Islamic uh, surnames. Or they were the Motorhome Diaries guys trying to cross a border with, uh, with, uh, with uh, their website written on the side of their uh, motorhome attracting attention to themselves. And the cops went and looked into it to discover that uh, these guys are a bunch of radicals, so let's harass them too. Uh, this is so disturbing. But one of the most disturbing points, beyond the fact that they can just take your laptop and look through it at their leisure is also the fact that they're saying here, oh, we can look through anything, financial documents, web browsing history. All of the information on your laptop is subject to this. And remember what happened with the Motorhome Diaries guys? They were told that if they didn't input the password on the laptop, they would have their laptop seized. So everything that you have that's encrypted, they're going to say, okay, we'll need this password here. Give me all your passwords to get into your encrypted files. So even encrypting your files isn't going to do anything to save you. If you don't give them the passwords to your encryption, then they're definitely going to take your laptop. 
Well, you and then probably... they'll have to brute force the passwords open, which could take months for them to search I'm through. sure there are ways to make your laptop, make it difficult to find the information that they would want to unencrypt. Sure. So there would be like hiding places and stuff like that. I don't know enough probably. about these things. There's lots of people that do. But um, I would think that that would be, you know, that, that would be what people who were really hiding bad things were doing anyway. Yep, exactly right. And this is just to harass people. But wait, you trust the government, don't you? I mean, you trust the government agents at the border. They're trustworthy folks, aren't they? Right? Are aren't you talking they? to me? I'm, you, yeah, you're the one here. No, uh, I do not you, trust you the don't. government agents at the border. No. So wait, what if they come across your credit card number? What if they come across your social security number? What if they come across... I mean, they can come across all kinds of information on people's laptops, all kinds of personal info or business information. I mean, who's to say that, that this won't be used for all kinds of uh, nefarious purposes? What if what if a business... You may, you may say I'm going out on a limb here, but what if a business owner knows that his competitor is crossing the border and uh, he gets the Border Patrol to snatch his competitor's laptop, get some business secrets? I mean, business secrets are worth a lot of money, right? Yeah. I mean, if you can get the Border patrol to look the other way for a shipment of marijuana you can probably get them to target one particular person and, and steal their laptop i don't know maybe that's a little far out but my point is they'll have access to all of your private data whatever is on your laptop so be warned travelers if you don't want something to be found don't put it on your laptop and don't cross the border with it more coming up You can bring up anything. Just dial toll-free 1-800-259-9231. The SACL CAI toll-free line 800-259-9231. Tonight, it's Ian with you. And Julia. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. The features, they are free, so enjoy those on us. Again, that's freetalklive.com. As we continue here, we're going to take your phone calls about anything. And then Julia is going to tell us a pretty outrageous story about a, a young video game guy that's been arrested by the federal government we'll find out what that's all about but first we go to corby in florida corby you're on free talk live hello there hey guys i was just reading about the laptop story it was kind of ironic you know you guys covered almost everything so i won't dwell on it but one of the ironic things was they have this entire you know, i read some of the pdfs on their policy and it talks about they can share your data with any government agency, agency they would like to, and it does not have to be transparent because doing so would inform the traveler that, hey, your data might be you know, an investigation, and they can store copies of it and all that. But the ironic part is the end of the PDF, I forget the lady's name, but it says Chief Privacy Officer is her title. And it's so funny how, you know, <laughs> Orwellian. It's our privacy, you know. How how Orwellian it all is. I mean, right. the the privacy officer is intruding on your privacy. Right. You know, the Ministry of Peace fights wars. I mean, it's it's exactly. crazy. Is that, is that called Orwellian doublespeak? It is. Okay. Yes. And one, you know, you were talking the other day about robots. Somebody, I don't forget the thing about the perfect utopia world where robots do everything for us and we don't have to do anything. Yes. And I had a contradiction to that, and basically it was that. You know, first off, these robots are probably going to be very expensive, so companies might buy one to replace paying you a salary because it works 24 hours a day. But basically, it's, but they complain now about illegal aliens taking their jobs, but when robots will work 24 hours a day, seven days a week, mm. no unions, no vacation, no, you know, we're all going to be out of work. Well, isn't you know, it a, a lot of, weren't a lot of unions kind of rallying against mechanization uh, in the past? Isn't that the case? Oh, yeah. Right, so this is and not I'm really sure a new story. I've heard that history, so, you know, it's kind of, 
ironic that, you know, he was talking about, oh, we're not going to have to do anything. Well, if you don't own a robot, or as you say, the, once the robots fix the robots, then like in Wally, where the guy, the funniest part of Wally was when one of the people fell out of a chair, they didn't know how to get up themselves. The robots had to come get them up <laughs> out of the chair because we're so useless. You know? Yeah, I but, haven't seen that movie yet, but that's what the the uh, gentleman was talking about the other night is the, uh, the, the movie, they, they couldn't remember, whoever it was couldn't remember what the movie was, was called. Where it was the Wally. Very funny movie if you haven't seen it. So the humans are so fat and so lazy that they have these robots taking care of their every single need, right? So they basically just sit and they lounge and the robots do everything. The cup, cupcake in a cake, in, in, a, in a cup. You know, a cupcake in a cup just appears to you. And they, they showed over human evolution. It starts off, you know, ever 2,100, they were 300 pounds, and 2,300. They got to 700 pounds about, wow. you, know, you know, eventually. But it was you know, just, that part is... Right, the- that that part of it I don't get, um, because likely about the time that we can have robots, they will design food to the point that it doesn't make you fat. Mm, um, they will right. be able to make uh, cupcakes and delicious banana sundaes. Yeah, but it's still funny. All protein. Yeah, sure. I mean, I, I understand the the idea right. behind it. But likely they'll be able to, to uh, you know, put genes into you, do some kind of gene therapy in you that'll give you make you really muscular and sure. good looking and have just the right skin tone and color and um, you'll likely you'll will look great in the future. However, I understand what they're saying. Yeah, I'm going to leave you with a famous quote from Voltaire that you're talking the other day about creationism. It's just a thing that says to believe in God is impossible. To not believe him is absurd. I thought that was kind of a, you know. A good quote, but thank you anyway. for the call, right. Corby. Appreciate hearing thank from you. you. Let's go to Dan in Pennsylvania. Dan, you're on Free Talk Live. What's on your mind? Hello, Julia, Mark, and ex Facebook friend. Oh, oh. Uh, <laughs> oh, that's all right, man. I, I I just deleted a bunch of people from mine too. I had like 500, but yeah, too many. Uh, I just yeah, I just wanted to uh, bring up something sort of lighthearted to get away from all of the deep philosophy and religion stuff that's been going on all week, okay, sure. for, which I'm par- uh, for which I'm partly responsible. So, if uh, if you had the ability to stop time, and that that means that the scarce resource that is time was no longer scarce to you, you could stop it with relationship to the rest of the world. I'd do it right now and, and feel Julia's boobs while she wasn't paying attention. <laughs> Well, Mark, uh, thanks for for your input because I was going to ask what you would do with it. If you you know you don't have to worry about aging. What you, you couldn't see is uh, hold on. You, what you couldn't see is Julia's face in response. She to probably that, thought I looked thing. like a jerk. Yeah, you 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 oh. just lecherous. Yeah, yeah. Well, lewd. Expect? What do you expect? Despicable man. <laughs> but it was an honest answer, Mark, and I mm-hmm. do appreciate the honesty. Uh, so the question is, what would you do if you could stop time? Yeah, and and you don't have to worry about aging. You don't have to worry about the fact that you wouldn't actually be able to breathe oxygen because oxygen exists in time. So, you know, forgetting all that scientific crap. You know, Am what, I what alone in my stopping of time, or can I stop time in concert with others? Let's say you can bring people and things into your state with you. Oh, that's wonderful. I would, I would pause time and spend more time with my Lady Julia. That's what I would do. Because uh, I don't have enough these days. There's so, so much business to be taken care of, so much happening. Uh, it's, you know, it's hard to get time to breathe. And play some more video games, too. I think we'd play more video games. I'd bring a camera, and I'd go into Fort Knox, and I'd take pictures of all the place, places that the gold used to be. Okay, okay. Julia, now... Uh, Wait, what's the question? The question is, if you could stop time, what would you do? If you could, If you could pause time, and you could... Do anything. I you swear, know. girls don't spend the time thinking about if I had superpowers like that. That that question. So that, it's well, a, I, I mean, th- I used to really 
really wish I could fly when I was a little kid. Certainly. Like Flies that superpower was yep. something. I don't know. I, I guess I would love to be able to stop time while I'm doing something fun, but I don't ever think about what I would do if I could stop time. If I could stop time, I guess I would just do what I normally do. That's fun. Right. So not work. Have a good time. Exactly. Right. There's your answer, Dan. Anything? So, Dan, I have this question for you. Oh, wait. Um, well, oh, he's he hang gone. Up? He's gone. I'm okay. not gone. I'm oh, not gone. Okay. It sounded like you were gone. You're gone now. Click. Well, wait, um, wait on your question, Mark, because I want to know what Dan would do if Dan could stop time. <laughs> okay. Well, I would learn everything that I could. And since I could alternately entertain myself and learn whenever I needed to, I would basically become one of the most knowledgeable people in the world and... Of course, I would use that power for good. I wouldn't become Hitler. I'd become the next Murray Rothbard or something uh, like see, that. See, Dan's, smart, Dan's smarter than me. When I thought of uh, time, I thought of uh, leisure activities, and Dan's, uh, Dan says, I'm going to get smarter. That way, when time is unpaused, I will be more valuable to, uh, to myself and uh, my loved ones. Okay, Dan. So, um, well said, Knowing sir. that uh, banks are basically franchises of the Federal Reserve, would it be immoral to stop time and then go into the bank's vaults and take all of the Federal Reserve debt notes that they have there and then uh, take them away and use them for yourself for whatever purpose? that made you happy well i've considered using the, the power for sort of you, you know you have this power wait, wait a second like... wait, wait a second Dan. <laughs> <laughs> um, you he have this spent power. too much time on this one <laughs> no, no, Mark, if, I, if i had this power we would have like artificial planets that i had built okay great. So, no if i had this power i would i've considered maybe using it to disappear all the politicians and stuff like that but i mm. think that maybe that wouldn't be such a good idea because then people would probably Start looking for God or alien that did it instead of yeah. you know, sort of looking for the actual reason. So I don't think we would do that. Good point. Good call. Thank you for the question. I appreciate it. At 800-259-9231, that's the SACL CAI toll-free line. You can bring up anything. What happened to one young man who decided to modify a few game systems? Federal government came calling. We'll explain here in moments and take your calls about anything. This is Free Talk Live. On Free Talk Live, we talk about investing in gold and silver as a hedge against inflation. Well, now we've teamed up with Midas Resources to offer you some very special rates on some of my favorite gold and silver pieces. The 20 franc has been made and trusted worldwide. They're about a fifth of an ounce of gold, easily carried on your person in case of emergencies, untracked by the government, of a size that one can do business with. Who would turn down a 100-year-old gold coin? Get them for $216 a piece. Call 877-857-9938 or go to gold.freetalklive.com. The shipping is the same as it is for one coin as it is for 20. So try to get as many as you can at once. 877-857-9938, gold.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show. If you dial toll-free to bring up whatever you want, 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, 1-800-259-9231. And tonight, it's Ian here with you. And Julia. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. We have the Shrine of Female listeners, the dozens of ladies who've sent us their validated photo to prove they listen to the show. See that at shrine.freetalklive.com. That is shrine.freetalklive.com. Well, we've been free talk live. We've been telling you to uh, get some gold and silver to hedge against all the Federal Reserve notes that the Federal Reserve has been printing up, and we've entered into a partnership with Midas Resources to uh, get you some gold and silver. 
at some great prices, so you can help Free Talk Live out at the same time. Uh, we've got uh, Lakota Nation Silver Rounds for $19.70, Walking Liberty Half Dollars for $8.69, and you can check, them out, check both of those out and a couple other coins at silver.freetalklive.com. That's silver.freetalklive.com. I picked these out myself. They're some of my favorite coins. I believe the orders have uh, started coming in on this because not only are you getting a great deal on some of these coins, but as you said, it's helping Free Talk Live because yep. we are making a, a percentage on the purchase. And it also helps Free Talk Live from the perspective that Midas Resources owns the Genesis Communications Network. They are, or I guess they're very related. Together. I think they own, I think they own the, yeah, uh, the company. But uh, so the syndicate, the, the network that distributes this show to radio stations around the country is owned by Midas Resources. So buying from Midas helps Free Talk Live directly with a per- percentage on the sale. Uh, and it helps Free Talk Live and that it helps Midas stay in business, which keeps GCN on the air. Well, not to mention that, but um, buying gold and silver now, uh, we believe that the, the Federal Reserve note is going to continue to spiral downward, maybe even more more quickly. So our listeners will have more wealth in the future, and more wealthy listeners means, well, probably better things for Free Talk Live in the future, right? I like these deals where uh, the listener gets something, and we get something, and everybody wins, and so... It's a good thing. And yeah. there's a setup there where you can do uh, layaway so that it doesn't... It isn't like just buying one coin and paying $20 for shipping. That seems pretty unique to me, that the layaway plan. It is, and it freezes the price of the silver right where it is. It's it's a really great deal. and But you have to use that to, the, the telephone number to, to make that one uh, work. So let me give you the telephone number here real quick, since we're talking about it. 877... 877- Eight five seven ninety nine thirty eight. It's eight seven seven eight five seven ninety nine thirty eight. Friendly folks over there too. When I've ever been, whenever ever I've been on the phone with uh, their salespeople at, at Midas, they've always been just really helpful and and, and they're there li- late now. Um, they're li- liable to be there right now. For so real? Can, absolutely. Okay. And you can, if not, you can just leave a message and they'll call you back in the morning. All right. So that's silver.freetalklive.com, or uh, we'll give you the number again later on, on a different show. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one is our number. Uh, let's continue with your calls. Neil is in New Hampshire, and you're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Neil. Hello. I just. Uh, thought I'd bring a comment about uh, Wally. Uh, I think everybody's misunderstanding the uh, the whole thing about getting fat and everything like that. Okay. There's a there's a short scene in there. It's very very short where one of the uh, people notices a pool or something like that, and he pushes his water down there, and the robot comes up and scolds him as if uh, he's, he's the person is endangering himself. And the robot has basically become a nanny. Mm. All those robots have all become nannies. And the big bad robot, known as Auto, because um, formerly known as Autopilot, um, there's a, another scene in there where he, the, uh, they found out that the Earth is, is hopelessly um, never going to come back, and uh, even though they, they have actually found life forms and everything like that, and it's time to go back, the Autopilot knows better and therefore does everything it can to prevent the humans from going back to Earth. So that's a, the, the robots all together have basically turned into a complete uh, nanny state and is a perfect metaphor for governance as we know it today. So now Julia was telling me during the break that she had heard that Wally was a socialist-themed movie. Are you f- saying it's different than that? I haven't seen it. That's just what some people told right. me, that it was very um, like the Earth is destroyed because we ruined it. I think it's a, I think it's a uh, definitely a, um, a contradictory uh, message kind of thing. Definitely an environmentalist wacko, this is our future, we're going to kill everything kind of uh, message. But at the same time, uh, once they're on the ship and everything, as I said, the uh, the whole nanny state uh, 
um, in perfect metaphor with the robots scolding mm. the people and trying to prevent them from hurting themselves. They have all these floating couches that uh, are perfectly, uh, you know, they're only about a foot off the floor, and if they fall out, they can't hurt themselves, and the robots very quickly <laughs> come in and, and pull them back up on the couch and clean everything within each of its life. So they've per- so they perfected so the uh, the rounded corners kind of mentality where everything is as safe as it can possibly be and you can't. Oh possibly yes, hurt oh yes. And there's there's this like this central meeting place inside the ship, and it turns out that that's that these people are all hovering over this this swimming pool, and and they've been doing it for hundreds of years, and they didn't even know it's a swimming pool because <laughs> so- after all, that might be dangerous. <laughs> That's so, cute. yeah, the environmentalist wacko message as far as the demise of the Earth is, is I was a little bit troubled by that, but uh, I thought they made up for it by the uh, the perfect metaphor for the nanny state. Interesting. Thank you for that uh, information. Anything else you want to share? You're welcome. All right, Neil, have a great no, night. 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. I added it to my Netflix list. It sounds like it'd be fun. I like those Pixar movies. They, they really do make some great movies, I must say. I think I saw somewhere that they were looking at doing an actual adult kind of Pixar film. Like, not adult like porn, but adult as in not for G-rated kind of movie. Well, I, I kind of thought the B movie was, if that's Pixar or whatever, I don't know. They're all um, so similar to me. I don't, I'm don't. i not on the inside on these things. But I thought that was kind of adulty, um, you know, Seinfeld humor. Mm. I, I know that it was... Yeah, there have been some that have been like that, but uh, it probably wasn't Pixar in that in that case. Yep. Toll-free numbers, 800-259-9231. There, I think DreamWorks is putting, has put a number of animated movies out. They're not quite to the skill level, from I, I don't think, of uh, the Pixar films, but then again, I haven't seen them all, so I'm not really one to comment. Uh, so you know, while we're on this kind of techie subject here, uh, let's go to Julia's story about a young man who was visited by the federal government, and it was not a friendly visit. What happened, Julia? Playing with video games can lead to hard time. Just ask Matthew Lloyd Crippen. The California State Fullerton student was arrested Monday on federal charges that he illegally modified Xbox, PlayStation, Wii, and other video game consoles to enable the machines to play pirated video games. Did anybody know this was illegal? I mean, again, we're talking about the, uh, the, the law here. There's so many darn laws out there. How are you supposed to know what is illegal and what's not? I mean, you, you would think that if you purchase a video game system... It'd be okay to tinker around with it. I I thought it was. I would think it was yours. Yeah, you'd you'd think it would. Now, it violates your warranty. Yeah. But that's the price you pay for breaking into your box and and being a tinkerer, being a a hacker, if you will. You violate your warranty. So if you want to get another, if you break the box, well, too bad. That should be the only consequence. But here they're saying if you put a mod chip in, it's a crime. Right. He was taken into custody on Monday morning by U.S. immigrant and custom enforcement agents. Now, that weirds me out because what does this have to do with immigration? Why do they have these bureaucracies that just can do their bidding, essentially? ICE seems to have its tentacles into all kinds of things these days. That doesn't make any sense. Any chance the guy's uh, a fern? I don't know. Uh, I don't think so. The arrest follows his indictment by a federal grand jury on two counts of violating the Digital Millennium Copyright Act. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure most people know about this act, right? Oh, I've sure. certainly heard of it. I mean, I have heard of it. Uh, it is obviously a very wide cutting uh, act in that it covers a lot of different territory. Normally, I only hear about it in regards to sometimes they'll send out a warning. For instance, if they uh, if they look at a torrent. 
and they find out who's been downloading from that torrent, they'll send out a DMCA warning to the uh, Internet service provider saying, hey, someone's using your Internet for uh, illegal activity. The service provider then contacts you saying, hey, we've got this warning. Uh, you need to stop doing this or else this something's gonna, something bad's going to happen. So normally the DMCAs uh, go out with a threat first, and they give people the, the chance to uh, to kind of correct their behavior at least that's what i have understood but apparently it's not always the case the charges against him stem from an ice investigation initiated last year after the agency received a tip from the entertainment software association last may ice agents executed executed a full search warrant at his home where they seized more than a dozen microsoft nintendo and sony video game consoles playing with games in this way is not a game it is (laughs) criminal Said oh, special gosh. agent in charge of the ICE investigations. What a jerk. We're gonna what come a back. Doofus. We're gonna come back with more on this here in moments. 800 259 9231 That's the SACL CAI toll free line. Is it also illegal to possess a modified video game system? More coming up. You take control. If you know and you want to comment, dial in or bring up anything. It's free talk live. <laughs> Talk Live, only moments remain, enough time for your call. If you make it right now, 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, 1-800-259-9231. And tonight, it's Ian with you. And Julia. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. The features are free, so enjoy those on us. Again, freetalklive.com. And if you want to help uh, support the show, you can learn how to promote Free Talk Live. If you go to promote.freetalklive.com, one of the ways you can do that is is by contacting your local talk radio station and getting in touch with a program director. If you're actually listening to us on talk radio, then call them and thank them for airing Free Talk Live. Uh, but if you are not getting this show on your local talk station, give them a call, say hi, and uh, tell them the truth. You know, if you, if you are a listener of the station, tell them that you listen, tell them what you like to listen to, and then ask them for Free Talk Live. If you don't listen to the station, tell them that too, and say you would like to listen if they would put on Free Talk Live. So there's some tips as to how to help you call local stations. You can go to local FAQ, local FAQ. Dot freetalklive.com to learn more about that. That's localfaq.freetalklive.com. Your calls can make a difference. All right, so, Julia, you're telling us a story here. And where, where's the story from, by the way? USA Today? Um, I th- it's actually from NBC, it looks like. It's about a young man, and I didn't, I didn't catch his age, but the... 27. Uh, 27 years old. He was uh, visited by the feds and charged with violating the DMCA, the Digital Millennium Copyright Act, was had 12 game systems seized, video game systems seized right. from his home. Now, it doesn't actually say how many charges he has. Um, it just says that each criminal count carries a maximum penalty of five years, so that might be 12 counts if they have 12 video game consoles. I'm not sure My it doesn't. That's, that's, that's generally how they do these things. So five, what's, five years in prison? Give me some more detail here. Well, more than likely, they're, they're threatening him with 60 years in prison. And they'll which, cut him a deal. Right. And, well, you know, see, this is how they get them to cut deals. Yeah. And this is why you never get to see these kind of things come to trial. Because is this kid really going to risk 60 years no, of his life over this? When, they, when, in fact, they're really just going to give him some probation. And they're mm-hmm. going to you know, basically show, look, we're going to come after you if you do this. That's, that's the, they only want to make an example out of him. I have a pretty great quote from the the bureaucrat who said that playing with games is not a game. He also says, 
Piracy, counterfeiting, and other intellectual property rights violations not only cost U.S. businesses jobs and billions of dollars a year lost in revenue, they also pose significant health and safety risks to consumers. Huh? What? That statement doesn't make any sense at all, and I think how? anyone who reads that can tell. How is how is having a modified game system or pirating a, 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 a sharing a file on the internet going to cause a hell? What? You could get electrocuted. Also, loss of billions of dollars a year. <laughs> I have a really difficult time believing that. That's a big number. I agree with that. The industry associations uh, promote those numbers. The uh, Recording Industry Association, the uh, MPAA, whatever the video game uh, industry association is, they promote those numbers because, well, they don't want you to think otherwise. They want you to believe that file sharing is detrimental to their business. They certainly want the government to believe that, so they'll enforce that law. But from, from the uh, all the anecdotal evidence I've seen uh, of, of actually having file sharers speak to the media, when, when they've been asked, they've said things like well you know i use these file sharing services to test try before i buy if i if i like the program or if i like the music i'll buy the cd or i'll buy the uh the the video game right um i download a lot of music and the music that i listen to the artists like that people because i I guess if you listen to trendy like mainstream music those artists get all up in a tissy if if you're uh, downloading Some some don't Yes, yeah, some do, some don't, right? But the, the the music that I listen to is so not popular that the people that put out the music say that they're happy that people are downloading their music and that their music is getting out there and that they can get their name out there in that fashion. And, and I think that's one thing that the Internet has, has really helped. It's helped a lot of, like... The little guys. Yeah, exactly. The little musicians really get their, their name out there in a way that they couldn't before. And, and I see this as a positive thing. There, are, I do own some CDs. I do own some DVDs. But I will download it and test it out before I pay money for it. I would never have been able to watch Penn & Teller's BS uh, had I not downloaded and them first. you own all of those I own every set. single bo- DVD box set. And I'll, I've pre-ordered whatever the, next, whatever the next one is. I've always got it on pre-order because I want to support those guys because they're doing a program that I value. But I wouldn't have been able to tell that I valued it had I not heard. Well, I would have heard it from somebody. Hey, this is a great show. You should check it out. Oh, darn. I've got, I don't have cable. So I don't have Showtime. So oh, sorry, can't watch the can't watch the show. I guess I could wait until it comes out on DVD and then buy the DVD box set and hope that it's good and you know see how it is then. Uh, but that's not you know that's not a real good way to to get people to uh, experience your product. You've got to get it in their hands so they can know that it's a good product and then want to get there to put their money behind it. I would also say, I, I mean, because I also download or uh, some emulators of like old video games and stuff like that, and the the there are some games that you just cannot get, like the more popular games you just cannot get. So I feel like if you have an Xbox and you mean the less popular games, the, you said the more popular well, games, you games can't like get. Super Mario Brothers, those kind of games you generally can't find torrents. I mean, I guess you probably could, but you'd have to search pretty far. My point is that if you have a mod chip in your in your uh, Xbox, let's say, there's probably some games you're not going to be able to find pirated, and you'll pay the full price for them. Well, and I and I think that uh, I I mean I can't speak for everybody that's out there file sharing. Sure, there are probably going to be a lot of teenagers that uh, will claim they don't have a lot of money if they don't have a job, and they're file sharing a bunch of video games and and playing them. But were they really going to buy your product in the first place? I mean, if they're getting a, a 
five bucks a week in allowance. I don't know what kids get these days, but if they're getting a little bit of money More than in, that, I'm sure, a little bit of money from their parents, uh, but not enough to buy a whole bunch of games, then okay, yeah, I see where you're coming from. Some teenagers probably aren't paying uh, for the games that they're playing, but for a lot of people that can afford to buy these products, the file sharing system allows them to see if it is a quality product first, and that's valuable. And if they see that it's a quality product, one thing that I think most people know inherently is that, hey, if Konami doesn't make enough money on this brand new Metal Gear title that they've released, they're not going to make a sequel. They're not going to make other games. If they, if they don't get money coming in for the great products that they put out, they're going to go out of business. And you'll never get to play another Konami game in your entire life. So who doesn't realize this? Who who is downloading who has downloaded any kind of file shared file doesn't understand that inherently. Well, you're looking about it from the practical side, but you know the 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 question is here: Am I not? just allowed to share something I have. Well, that's another thing, because I burn my friend's CDs sometimes, and I guess technically that's illegal, isn't it? It depends on the song, honestly. But if I have a CD, I'm not allowed to share it with somebody? I mean, really? It's ludicrous. I mean, you could you could share the CD with somebody, and they can take the law, right, says you can take your CD and give it to them. That way they can listen to the CD. So they've still heard the content. If they give that back to you, that's legal. But if you copy the CD so they can listen to it at the same time as you're listening to it in two different locations, then that's illegal. Right. I, I just don't – and I think what bothers me most about this article is how they're really trying to make this guy out to be a, a, a horrible person yeah. by appealing to the uh, like the loss of American jobs. Because it, 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 the article is pretty much done, but at the end here it says that uh, a total of 750,000 American jobs – are lost each year from this, and Poppy I just don't cock. believe. I don't believe it. Poppycock! Look at the numbers from the video game industry. I They're mean, doing fine. The video games are doing better than blockbuster movies now. Video yeah. games are a huge and continuously growing entertainment industry in this country. They are knocking movies out of the park as far as uh, the revenue is concerned. So it's it's just asinine that they. They tried to to appeal to people's, you know, like, go America mentality and make people feel bad about this guy putting mod chips in 20 freaking video game consoles. I mod chipped uh, my PlayStation. Better not say that on the air. I I already said it on the air, and it was years ago, because PlayStation, I'm talking about PlayStation, the, the first PlayStation. And you said it was difficult to do. No, arduous. no, it wasn't. No, 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 it wasn't that difficult. The PlayStation Two was much more difficult because okay. the the PC board has a lot more solder points and a lot closer together, and it, you really need some professional or, or a real steady hand in order to do that. Oh, so that you but, mean that these manufacturers could design their products to be to make it difficult for people to mod? Not easy. Not easy for a PlayStation Two. But the PlayStation One wasn't that hard. There was a few different solder points, and my dad and I got together and we did this, and it was a great little father son experience you know pop the playstation open you get to look at the guts inside and you take some wires and you solder them here and there and and then you can make a copy of your game and you can play that copy i mean that it's it's not illegal to have a copy of your games you know you could you could have copies of all of your games and put your games in a fireproof safe in case you're paranoid about your house burning down and that way you can have these games and they can get scratched up and you can just copy another one so it's not like there aren't legal purposes that this can be used for it could, it could be complete. You could have a Not modified mention, game system and use it completely legally. Yep. If I buy an Xbox 360 and I paid $400 or whatever they cost now for it, shouldn't I be able to do whatever I want with it? Apparently not, Julia. <laughs> 
because they will tell you what is and what is not appropriate. You know what? Uh, We are out of time for tonight. It has been Ian with you. And Julia. And Mark. See you tomorrow night online in the meantime at freetalklive.com. Okay, podcast listeners, uh, this one is going out just to you. Yeah, this is a contest, and normally when we do contests, it seems like it's always, hey, the first whatever, one, two, five people to get a hold of us, um, you know, they win. And that's not, it's great and everything, it's fine for a contest, but what we want to do is we want to run the contest a little differently, because some people listen to the podcast and they're a little delayed. Uh, They're on their own time, they've got a lot of things going on, they, uh, you know, might not listen until a few days later. And I I get all the time, whenever I run a, a, a contest, I'll always get somebody Two days later, saying, "Hey, did I win?" You know, and they're not even close. Sorry. So, um, uh, what I I want to do is I run a want to run a contest that is uh, a little different, and this one, this will exclude. This is different. Yeah, this one this one will exclude anybody who's listening like more than a week out. But um, you know, the idea here is is to give everybody a chance. So, I what I want to make it is the termination date is what 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 do you want to make it Ian? Well, Sat- today is the 28th Saturday? as we're recording this. Right, I was thinking Saturday the the 5th at midnight Eastern time. Saturday that's uh just September, September 5th. the 5th. Okay. Sound good? Yeah, okay. Sure. Saturday, September the 5th, uh, midnight. So you'll have to have listened to the podcast within a week plus. It's going like, to give you an extra day on there, like eight days. Um, and if you listen longer than that, really sorry you didn't win. Maybe we'll run a contest that gives you a year to listen to the podcast. <laughs> but it's not this one. So Saturday at uh, midnight, that's the that's the cutoff. These, unfortunately, for our foreign listeners, and I know you guys support the show. I I really appreciate the fact that you listen, that you donate to the Amp Podcast, that you buy through um, Amazon.uk.freetalklive.com or whatever it is. What is what's the site? Amazon.freetalklive.com. But for each, it'll automatically send you to where you need to go. But if okay. you need to go, if it doesn't send you correctly, you can always add. Uh, CA for Canada, UK for the UK. Uh, I think ooh, what's the other one? D- D- then there's DE. DE for Germany, I yeah. believe. And then there's one more. Maybe it's US. Amazon US, Amazon DE, Amazon UK, Amazon CA. Dot yeah. We'll all get you to where you need to go. But but Mark, here's a question for you. I know you're, what you're saying here is the uh, the international listeners can't win this, and the reason for that is because the vendor, the the product that we're going to give you, mm-hmm. they. You know, they can only afford so much shipping, right? I mean, sure. it's not, it, it's not it gets cheap crazy. To, to send things. But what if our international listener was willing to pay for the shipping? Would that change this, that situation? I'm sure it would. I mean, if they're willing to pay for the ship, yeah, I'm sure it would. Um, whatever. It, uh, just an idea. Just, you know, something to, to keep in mind. I, I mean, you haven't talked to the client, so we don't know. I'm I can't just see why the client would have a problem with that if right. somebody said that they'd pay for the shipping for this. So anyway. Um, Let's open it to international listeners who uh, will pay for whatever the shipping is to get it to your country. Right. That makes perfectly good sense. Um, and so, so, yeah, anyway, I don't want to exclude anybody, but, uh, you know, that he said he's willing to ship to the United States. That includes Alaska and, and Hawaii. And um, uh, but uh, basically, those are the exclusions. It has so, to it's, be. so we can't guarantee it. It's it's uh, subject to his approval. On right. This. Well, obviously, we haven't talked to him yet. And uh, you can't have you, you cannot have uh, won any prizes from us in the, the last 30 days. And I think that's really it for for the that means you, Sam's dad. Yeah, right. That's, that's for Roy. All right, now we really do sound small time, Mark. Well, whatever. I mean, he's, he's one of one. You know, we don't give away very many prizes. No. I'm, I'm thinking that the way we're going to do this is, um, you send in your entry. You have to have your name, your 
mailing address on there and a guess of a number between one and a thousand. And because I expect to get a lot of entries on this one, um, you can only guess once. I will on the winner. Um, I you know it, it's not the first person. I'll, pro- I'll I'll give away as many hooks as we get uh, people who guess the number that I have in my mind right now between one and a thousand. Um, and I, you know I'm gonna I'm gonna take that. Matter of fact, I'm gonna write the number down and I'm gonna show it to so, Julia. Okay, okay. So that it's uh, fair here, and uh, that way people don't uh, you know say you picked your favorite. People, um, what are we giving away, Mark? We haven't mentioned that yet. No, we should we should do that. And um, I've just showed the number to Julia. She knows what the number is. What was I allowed to look? You can look at the number look. if you want, okay. as long as you don't say it, jackass. The um, uh, but you can't read the handwriting. <laughs> I think Give I know that what that thing. first number is. God. All right, go ahead. Yeah, and, okay, that's what I thought it was. God. Um, if you're watching the cam now, you've got a chance to see what the first number is. Is the cam on? Uh, yeah. Oh, great. Swell. Uh, somebody's, like, recording this, so they've got the... the no, they're not hearing up. this conversation. No, but they're, they're, they'll probably have the cam recorded. And that then, would be weird. Well, we got a lot of techno geeks out there, Yeah, but right? why would somebody record the cam after the show is over? Who knows? Uh, that's creepy, man. If you're recording the the show after, <laughs> if you're recording Free Talk Live Studio for the few minutes the cam is still on after the show, you're creepy. Okay. Well, so what um what is it that we uh we're giving away the Tota the Tota Sack? Right. We're giving away a pair. That's two. Um, One to- of the most useful inventions ever. I, they really are pretty cool. They're handy. I I, I love mine. And that's I, not a pun. They are handy. Yeah, they, they are handy. Handy little handles. But it allows you to bring. You've heard us talking about it this week on uh, on the show. Can't and see it, how you'd have avoided it. It allows you to really increase your load of grocery bags mm-hmm. and whatever else that'll fit on this uh, this device. Uh, but that's what I use it for. Is when we come back from a shopping trip, uh, bring out the tota sacks and load up. Uh, well, hopefully, we already have it in the back of the car. But load them up with uh, the shopping bags, and you can carry way more shopping bags with one hand on a on a tota sack than you could ever by hanging the bags over your palm. Yeah, absolutely, because it, it would dig in. So you put the uh, tota. If you you as the bag person, um, uh, you know, bags them up. You just uh, get get ready. You know, you, you tota sack them up. You take the shopping cart to the shopping cart area. Area, you take your tota sacks out, and that way you can carry everything out to the car without having them, because it, it's really I can do it. I you know maybe maybe I don't know how it is for you, Ian, but I can carry those things because it makes it just so much more that you can carry. I don't have to bring the cart back, which irritates the crap out of me. I've got to say, and then I put them in the car. I twist the handle so that they don't come unbound and slip off the hook and all oh, that. Oh, that's other a good stuff. idea. Yeah. yeah, so you twist yeah. the little handle um, two times, and then so that um, way when you get there, you can just open the trunk and. You get take back to out. the house, you pull them out, and then you take them upstairs, just like that. Nice. I can carry it all. Laura takes the baby. It's easy. Um, so you'll get a pair of Tota Sacks. Everybody who guesses this number that I have now uh, shared with both Ian and Julia, that's between 1 and 1,000. And I want your name and address on it. If you don't have your name and address on it, I do not want to spend time going emailing back and forth and waiting for people and all that stuff. So you have to have your name and address on the entry. And uh, if you're from a foreign country, you have to be willing to pay the shipping to wherever it is that you are. Mm-hmm. And I don't know what that's going to be. I'll try to find out. And- but you'll win a two-pack. Yep, you'll win a two-pack. Sweet. So it's uh, I I love them. They're a great deal. Okay, so just to recap, uh, you send in your guess, and it has to be at to mark to mark at, mark at freetalklive.com. and it's a number between one and a thousand. Correct. 
and they have until September 5th at midnight Eastern time to send the guests in. Right. September 5th, midnight Eastern time. Is that September 5th at 11... 59, 11, 59? 11, 59 p.m. Okay. The, the minute after 11.59 p.m. So that's technically September 6th at, at midnight. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> I've, I've got right. it on my calendar here. It ends at the end of Saturday night. We'll see how this works out. I think yeah. this will work. So yeah, we're not so great at the... Uh, wait, okay, what if no contesting. one guesses the number? If no one guesses the number, then... Uh, well, closest screw wins? Screw you people. Well, I wait, mean, come on. Give it to somebody. How about the closest but person they wins? they will win. I mean, there's so many listeners out there guessing. I don't know, man. A thousand numbers is a lot of guesses. Anyway, you what can if guess two how many people times? are the same distance? You can only guess once, right? That's correct. You can okay. only guess once, and I will check um, to see if you have guessed before. I will go through my emails, and, you know, I'll know. All right. I think that's about it. Yep. Uh, so that's it. Extended edition, just to give you that contest. Uh, have fun with that, podcasters, and send those emails out. Yep. Attention, all active duty members and veterans of the U.S. military. Your proud service to your country entitles you with the right to participate in special VA loan programs with benefits not available to the general public, like the ability to purchase a new home with no down payment or mortgage insurance, or refi with cash out up to 100% of your present home equity with less strict credit criteria. You are entitled to these benefits. Review them online at varadio.com. This is Tim Lewis from iFreedom Direct and a veteran of Operation Iraqi Freedom. I want you to know that as a member or veteran of the United States military, you've earned special rights and privileges. On your feet and get the details at varadio.com. iFreedom Direct Corporation is a private lender approved by the VA and licensed in most states. In certain states, certain restrictions and limitations apply. For a current list of licenses, disclosures, and all benefits, go to varadio.com. varadio.com.